2: hello and welcome to the guna tool back again with you guys for another episode of our let's talk arsenal series and specifically today's phone-in show good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you happen to be in the world thank you for joining me i'm hoping this is going to be an interesting hour and a bit Uh, a bit longer hopefully and a good talk and a chat about Arsenal and to be honest an opportunity to try and get again in the minds of those that maybe don't have the same viewpoint as me about Arsenal and to ask a few questions to try and understand that and perhaps even have some changes of opinion as well uh hopefully we will be joined by some of our guests throughout the next hour and a half or so um and of course we'll be uh taking some questions and some comments from the chat box as well hey good afternoon good morning good evening wherever you happen to be in the world to people joining us in the chat box uh welcome to steve to nikolai hope you're doing good guys alex good afternoon good morning to you Maniac, good morning uh bobby cd thank you so much for joining us alex uh shaheen i can see you in the lounge as well Thank you for joining us, guys, Anthony, and everybody tuning in elsewhere as well. So without further ado, let's bring on our first caller of the day. Let's introduce him and hope um, that I get a pronunciation correct, which is always my biggest fall down. Namdi, how are you doing, mate? Are you good? Oh, you're on mute. Just take yourself off mute quickly and I'll be able to hear what you're saying. It's on the screen. Little mute button on the screen. Yeah, table. yeah. There you go.
1: Yeah, you got. How it. was that? Was that good? Yeah, you, you got it right.
2: <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. How are you,
1: All right, mate? I'm very good. It's so. It's this is. It's kind of like um, refreshing, and this is the is like a first for me. Mm. So I'm I'm grateful you gave me the opportunity to be on your show.
2: No, of course, anyone that wants to come forward and have a chat, I'm always very, very welcome to have a discussion. So. Yeah, t- can I tell me where your head's at, mate? Because, you know, I think that just, just kind of kick things off, What what is it you're questioning? What is it that you're concerned about? Where is your head at with Arsenal after what looks to be a fifth-place finish?
1: Well, um, first things first, um, I'm disappointed with the fifth-place position. Mm. If you asked me at the beginning, after the first three games... Especially what happened at uh, Man City, that five nil mm. drubbing. If you were, if you told me then we would be in fifth place, I would I would laugh you off. I actually did not watch an Arsenal match again from mm. that point till almost November December because it felt like I, it, it was that bad watching it was that bad really? watching Arsenal. And then yeah, it was. But um, <laughs> that's my little one. That's fine. Um, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but it kind of started picking up, and I started having the hope, And then mm. um, we got to that point where it started looking like we we're going to be in the top four. But I then had this realist opinion. Because if you plot our season in a graph, you don't have a straight line. You just have things that look this way. It's like up, down, topsy wasn't sure, sure, sure. straight. So I said, oh, let me just be okay with the fifth. All right? Um, where I am right now with Arsenal is... Um, I'm neither here nor there. Yeah. kind of. I'm not um, strong because Asana has this way of disappointing you when you think they've turned the corner. And So when you asked this morning if you we, we were going to have a good transfer window, I voted no mm. because I felt again that when it comes to transfers, I'll have my hopes up and then they bring I don't want to have, where I am right now is more like, I don't want to have this hope. I just want to be there, plain sailing. Ateta mm. has signed you don't crucify someone for attaining something. You kind of like said, oh, fifth place was I think what we are supposed to achieve. Okay. Fourth, fourth place was going to be a bonus. Third place was going to be a miracle. Mm. Um, so we have achieved that, and I'm fine with it. I just would um, hold out till I see what happens in the transfer window. That is so what I you, right now.
2: So you wouldn't have offered the contract at this point in time, basically. No,
1: I, I with you. I agree. I would. I would have waited. Mm. Um, but I have a feeling that they did that for a reason. I don't know, but I'm thinking they did not want to destabilize the dressing room or something. There were yeah. some players who would, who would want, who would have wanted Ateta to have committed for them to commit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. fine, he's got us five players. Pl- 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 that's not for me. But I'm looking at this window. This window will be a, will make a lot of will make me decide a lot of things going forward. Yeah, this window.
2: I think this window obviously is is, is huge um, for a lot of fans, and to kind of find out what happens next season. If we have a, if we you know if we fail this window, um, it, it leads a lot of people that I say would have been supportive of Arteta at the end of this season. It probably does them a little bit dirty in kind of yes. a brash way of putting it, because yeah. the expectation is off the back of last summer's work and what we did during the twenty twenty one transfer window that that would get built upon to kind of push yes. us in the direction that we need to go. So if that doesn't happen, then absolutely, you know, worthy criticism will, will certainly come the way of Arteta. Yeah. What I'm trying to get round is kind of from like you, obviously you you listen to the show and you watch the show. Is there anything specifically that I've been talking about that has kind of led you to when you reached out about coming on that you've kind of really thought, no, I don't really agree with what you've said. Is there anything specifically
1: not really. In fact, I would, I would, I would, I would, say, I am subscribed to AFTV. Mm. Donna, yours, and if I actually want a very fair, balanced approach to Arsenal, I do. Um, oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I tune to you, honestly. And that's not because I'm on your show, but that's now, the, people
2: are going to think that I've got you on on purpose. You're
1: gonna... <laughs> no, 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 no. I tune to you because it's fair. I remember, like, let's take January, the January transfer window. I yeah. always remember you saying, in as much as we were taking away dead wood and stuff, I always remember you say things like, at the end, if it doesn't work out, there has to be some criticisms. Mm-hmm. I always remember you say things like that. And yeah, so um, no, I don't really have any angst or stuff. I just feel, I just wish you continued the way you, you're doing it, um, but you could be a little bit harsher with your criticisms. <laughs> yeah, you you tend to want to, um, I understand you are out there and everybody listens to you. Um, everybody wants to get your opinion. So you would actually not want to rub off wrongly on some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but... I like your approach. It's very balanced. It's okay, very
3: I balanced.
2: appreciate that, mate. Um, I'll ask you one more question before we get our next caller on to the show. Okay. In regards to how confident you are in Arteta for next season and for the window, you said you voted no on, on the poll we did this morning about how confident you were that we would get our targets.
0: Okay.
2: How confident are you in in what that then means for next season, because if you don't think we're going to get our main targets, I assume that your vision of that is that we'll probably get up the you know our Plan B or Plan C type choices. Mm-hmm. How do you think that leaves us going into next season with what we expect to be Europa League football?
1: It worries me a bit. It worries me. Um, I'm not that certain. I I still want to hinge it on that transfer window. If I if we're getting Gabriel Jesus, we're getting someone in the midfield we we kind of like reinstate Saliba in because he mm. has to be in. You, I'm surprised we let Callum Chambers go, let Pablo Mari go, which you alluded to, I think, in your yesterday's... I think yesterday or so you alluded to that. Um, for Ateta... Ah. Sorry, but when when the team plays well... It's like wow, there's this magic Chelsea, Manchester United at the Emirates. You're like, oh, mm. and then when we do badly, it's so attritional, like it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Look at Good Newcastle. Work. I stopped that match at this 70 something minute, it was just bad. Mm. That's when I stopped. I just went off because I had, I had to actually take dinner. Because if I continue, I will not eat.
4: Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> that's how bad. But um, he's the man now, he's the person in charge. I just owe him my support. I wish he would do well. I pray he does well because it's yeah. for us. So, um my confidence level out of 10, I'll keep it at um a respectable 5.
2: Lovely stuff. Um, I I'll, i hope that we outperform your expectations, and I'm sure that you do as well. Hope that we out Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, absolutely. Nandy, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time thank to you jump so on much the show. I really me. appreciate it. Thank, thank you for the kind words as well. I'm sure we'll speak to you again very, very soon.
5: Thank you
1: very much. Thank Thanks, you. mate. Have a good one. See you later. Yeah.
2: Massive thank you to Nnamdi. Um, Really appreciate the, the thoughts of, of people coming onto the channel and, and giving their points of view. Let's bring you our next listener, someone who is always an absolute pleasure to talk to. It's Daniel. How are you doing, Daniel? Are you all right, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm good, Tom. How are you? Very good, thank you. Good to speak to you again. I remember you tuned in for one of our previous phone-in calls. And since then, of course, you've been in the presence of the one and only Josh Cronkey at the Fans Advisory yeah. Board. How was this, that? This is... I'm interested.
4: Um. I got to be honest. Um, I wasn't in the presence of the one and only Josh Cronkey because he pulled out on the day of the meeting. Oh, <laughs> what? Um, uh, that's not surprising at all. <laughs> uh, that, that's yeah. I, I'm sure your 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 viewers would would be love to know that nugget of mm. information. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, it's t- not a lot. Not a lot was really said, to be honest. Um, mm it was it was all just lip service stuff as 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 it is with these I'm meetings
2: yeah yeah um it's great to hit speaking here to you daniel talk to me kind of where your head's at and why you were so passionate about coming on today's show what is the topic that's really got you wanting to talk about it
4: Mate, i'm gonna lie my head's gone my head your head's absolute, gone <laughs> my like, i'm not gonna lie my head has absolutely gone i've been I've been raging since Monday. Mm. Um, you know, mm. I, I woke up yesterday and I went down to my local cafe for breakfast and everyone was like, you look really angry. Are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, don't <laughs> worry. It's just football. Like, honestly, my, my head's gone. And um, where I'm at is, is, first and foremost, the performance on Monday was absolutely shocking. Yeah, You know, for, for a team that was challenging for Champions League football, was absolutely shocking. That level of performance was unacceptable. But do you know what? I I go back earlier in the season and I blame the recruitment strategy in January because we had top four in January. We were in and around the top four. So it was clear to us as fans that we were in a top four race. Despite the expectations going in at the beginning of the season, Despite the, the um, I have to apologise for the background noise. That's right. right, you're good. Um, despite going into the season and people, and I, I get this a lot, people go, oh, well, we only expected to finish fifth. We only expected to finish sixth. Do you know what it is? Some people like need to realise that actually your expectations change over the course of a season. And it feels like to me that the club, had a strategy, regardless of how we were doing. They weren't deviating from that strategy. Yeah. And it, the strategy was very, very rigid. And the one thing that that hurt us, and, and I'm not against, and I haven't been against letting Bamiyan go, but what I am against is you can't let a player of that calibre, despite of how poor, poor he's been playing, you can't let him go and then expect... Expect to to get the you, you know expect to finish anywhere in and around the top four or top five without replacing him. Yeah, and I'm I'm not against you know obviously it's hard to get top targets in in January, but just get a lone striker in. You don't yeah. need to get a top target. You just just get a lone striker. Anything would have been better than nothing. Mm. Um, but I just and the excuses from the board around that time were just laughable. Oh, um, we only had one game a week, so we thought it'd be necessary to trim the squad. Instead of looking at the yeah. prize at the end of the season, they looked at the cost-cutting exercise. And and for me, I I look back on that time and I go, do you know what? Did they actually believe that we could get top four? You know, how are you going to expect this young team to believe when the people above us don't believe in it, in it either? You know, so, that's it's a massive
2: error. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The January window is that is the pinpoint mistake that I put on this season as to why, you know, we, we failed to get top four it, that was in our control. So where does that leave you, Dan, in regards to, you know, Arteta, in regards to Edu, the hierarchy? I think, you know, we've all got our criticisms about the hierarchy. We all know that. But yeah. Arteta specifically, you know, you talk about that error which... I'm interested to know kind of where you place that blame and, and what that does to your viewpoint on his continuation as coach.
4: I don't think he should continue. And okay. there's several several reasons why I don't think he should continue. Firstly, this is the second opportunity he's had to get Champions League football. Last season, we, you remember the Europa League semi-final where we only had to get one goal. And, yeah and we, we we could have we could have got through now i'm not saying we could have gone on and beaten man united, but we, we were in that you know we should have been in that conversation. Secondly, we had top four in our hands. We had top four th- this season in our hands. all we had to do was see out the the next couple of game the, the next couple of games. I'm not too much I, I'm obviously disappointed that we lost the lost the North London derby yeah. but look those are one-off games the form goes out the window when you go into games like that but Newcastle and everton we should have ju- obviously we've not played everton yet but obviously it's pointless now really isn't it um but Newcastle we could have just seen that game out and then and then we would have had top four'm I'm, I'm certain of it that we we would have if we'd have, Got a result at Newcastle. I'm certain that we would have got a result against Everton. So uh, irrespective of that, we had it in our hands. You know, we had it in our hands and we let it go. But not only did we let it go, we handed it to our North London rivals, which a lot of people seem to have overlooked. And for me, that is the part that angers me the most. It's I'm disappointed that we're we're missing out on Champions League football but I'm mm-hmm. more angry that we handed it gift-wrapped on a plate to our North London rivals. And people are talking about the the progress that we've made this season. Mm-hmm. That to me is a sackable offence in itself, because if you play or work for Arsenal Football Club, you know what it means to finish above your North London rivals. You know what it means to, to, to get one over on them, but you don't gift-wrap. Them champ, a Champions League place, the same place that you're competing for. And this season, you know, we had all the excitement building and building and building and building and building, and, building, and it's just come to nothing, mm. can't it? It's, it's like, um, how can I describe it? It's like being intimate with a beautiful woman, and then before you hit <laughs> the jackpot. This. And then and then before you hit the jackpot, your mum walks in to tell you that your dinner's on the table. You know what I mean? That's (laughs) we've all been there, people. (laughs) That's what it's like. Honestly, that's what it's like. And it's just it's just insane. It's absolutely insane. And next season's gonna be so much harder. Next season's gonna be so much harder. Man United are gonna recruit, they're gonna strengthen. Spurs, obviously, with Champions League football, the carrot of Champions League football. They're probably going to get some of the targets that we were after, which is going to be hard to take. Mm. Well, we know that, obviously, out of our reach, Man City and Liverpool are, are going to improve. Chelsea, again, you'd you'd like to think that, regardless of the off-field troubles that they're going to have, they're going to improve. So it's this was our best and perfect opportunity to get Champions League football, and it's just, look, with me, I, I've, I've not really been a big, massive fan of Arteta and I've been reserving judgment because I wanted to see where we finished. And yeah. it's, 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 it's backfiring. And the other thing that annoys me, Tom, is that they gave him the contract. They gave yeah. him the contract before the end of the yeah. season. Give it to him at the end of the season. Give it to him at the end of the season when things have been achieved. Or as in our case, not been achieved. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And the I other thing is as well, but at the end of January, um I had a meeting, and I think it was around the time just after that that I came on on here. Um I can't remember exactly. Yeah. But they announced the first
2: fans advisory board meeting, I think. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, they announced the ticket prices, mm. the the four percent increase. Yeah. And and I can talk about this now because obviously it's out there in the public domain. Um, but I, I said as as everybody on the board said at the time, this is this timing is all wrong. This time, you know, do it at the end of the season. Do it, you know, do it if and when we get back into Champions League. And they were like, no, no, it's the right time, you know. So they're just it's
2: that detachment, just,
1: isn't it?
4: Yeah, they're just so out of touch with the fan base it's unreal it's it's and it just it's things like that that make us angry you know and for me personally i just i'm just so disappointed I, i am absolutely i'm actually really disappointed the the other thing is and i don't know whether you guys noticed your viewers or yourself i was listening to and this was very telling um so the the granite jacker interview at the end of the newcastle game i was listening to that and clearly there, there was two bits of information that i took from it the one bit when he was talking about players not listening to the coaches that raised a massive red flag to me because i was like well if you're not listening to arteta then is it the start of him losing his authority because we've seen that with unai emery and i know it's only one game and I know, you know, people are going to come out and 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 sort of say, look, you can't really judge it on one game. But is it going to be mm. the start of them just not listening to, to Arteta? Um, the other thing is, I was listening to Arteta's interview at the end of the game, and they were asking him about the recruitment policy in January. And reading between the lines... I I think that there was a discrepancy between him and the board because he was saying that they got they got we we got we got what we what we were told we can have. Yeah. So yeah. so that to me is the board starting to have some doubts about this guy because remember last summer they backed him with 150 million and before that they backed him with another I think it was what 50 million on party and, and, and twenty five million other.
2: on Gabriel um and the wages for Willian um, yeah so, yeah it was about eighty so, odd million the year before so
4: so you know that's almost nearly two hundred million or or two hundred and fifty like yeah. million on 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 those players. So now are they starting to have doubts mm. and that's another reason we, we, we have to call Arteta into question is that he's had money. he's he's certainly got more than what Emery got you know what I mean? Yes. He certainly mm. got more than what Emery got, and yet Emery was ousted out of a job after I think it was what a year, year and a half. He had yeah, yeah, just season. over a season.
2: Yeah, and then
4: and then the other half a season. So mm. why are we prepared to 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 give Arteta more time than we are prepared to give than we were prepared to give Emery? Emery had us in the Europa League final, regardless of the you know the bottle in it. Emery wasn't backed in the summer. It's a hard
0: thing
2: to re- disregard, though. I, I think. But that
4: it's Emery wasn't Emery wasn't backed in the summer. Arteta has been backed well, to the hill. A lot
2: of money. I mean, you know, we, yeah. we spent. I think it was what seventy two million on Pepe, twenty five million on Tierney. Um, we brought in Saliba. Obviously, came in as well. But obviously, we haven't used him right. since that time. So you got over a hundred odd million quid in that summer. But um, two.
4: But two things here to bear in mind. He wanted Zaha instead of Pepe. He come yeah. out and publicly said that he mm. wanted Party instead of Terreira, which is ironic because right, we yeah. ended up getting Thomas Pi. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so he he was backed, but not really backed with the players he wants. I feel like with Arteta, he was backed with the players he wanted.
2: Yeah, He's been backed with I, the
4: players I, he wanted.
2: Let, let me come to some of your points down on the uh, on the Arteta side things. Obviously, because I'm I'm from a different perspective. Whilst I would have and I have said preferred for the contract to have waited until you know into next season, I didn't think there was necessarily the pressure to absolutely renew. I don't mind the renewal necessarily because in my view we've achieved what we expected from the beginning of the season, which was to you know take that step back forwards again, get back into Europe, and then next season build towards getting into the Champions League. For me, this season, if we'd have got into the Champions League, it would have been a massive bonus and a massive overachievement on what my expectation was throughout the season. I hear what you were saying regarding, you know, expectations change, but the issue that I have with that argument is because we are responsible for those expect, uh, expectations changing. We have elevated ourselves with our performances and with our points tally throughout the season to giving us the opportunity to get into the Champions League. And that's to the credit of the players and to Arteta for putting us into that race. Us missing out on it, is down to two things. One of them that was in our control, which was obviously the January transfer window, which we absolutely made a mistake with. Um, The other reason is because of the injuries at the end of the season. It is my belief if we'd have had Partey and Tomiasu and Tierney all fit, I think we'd be celebrating fourth place, to be honest, probably by now and this point. And I don't think the players that we were being linked with, especially in the fullback areas, less so central midfield because Bruno Gamaraj could have been brought in. But Tommy Asu and T N in particular, losing those two for such large and crucial periods, I think, has cost us the end of this season. Um, And I think if, had they have been fit, we would have made the top four, which would have been, in my view, an overachievement. So that's why I'm kind of keen for him to continue into next season but don't get me wrong Daniel if we miss out on top four next season or if we don't if we don't qualify for the Champions League next season there's nothing I can say that
4: defends that because then that's not progressive. can can I come back on some of those points so in the regards to the January transfer policy Mm. um it was the 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 club's decision to trim down the squad Yep. Um, which which shows a naivety when when it comes to injuries if we'd had if we'd have kept say maybe one of China's. those defenders yeah then i think you know i think it wouldn't have been a, a massive issue um i just i i can't remember the other points you made um well, uh, the other, other one week. was
2: about the injuries at the end of the season, you know, Partey, Tomiyasu, yeah. Tierney. Do you think if yeah. we'd have had Partey, Tomiyasu and Tierney fit, you know, for these last games, do you think we beat Southampton, beat Brighton if we'd have had that starting 11 available? I
4: think I, I think we would have, but hmm. I I also know that the it was the club's policy to it was the club's policy to you know back in january to trim down the squad and sure. and but
6: why does then you, they not you can't take be that, that
4: but you can't be naive in that situation you can't be naive and and the thing is back in january we were in a top four race and you you've got to you you know you've got to roll with the you got to roll with the punches and 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 that works in this case and, you know you've got to you, you know if i was if you if you were um vicious, you go, you know what? we're in a top four race here. Let's try and make sure that we get over the line. You know, mm-hmm. let's try and make sure that we can give ourselves the best possible opportunity. trimming down the squad and selling about ba- and letting a bamian go everybody could see what was going to happen and it's and it's happened. The other point you made, which i wanted to I wanted to 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 come back on as well. Go for it you said that top 4 this season would have been an overachievement yeah so absolutely. i i slightly disagree with that and the reason why i disagree is because when Arteta come in we were in we, you know we we were in the europa league right we we were in the europa mm-hmm. league we had um we had two seasons where we finished 8th yeah. yeah we f- forget the FA Cup win he for took, a second He took over
2: when we were in 11th and we finished yeah. eighth that season we won the yeah, FA Cup Yeah so
4: so forget the forget the um the FA Cup for a second because that's it's a separate issue um we we then finished eighth this season where uh, no last season where mm. we could have got to the Europa League final which actually when it became clear that we were finishing eighth, we threw all our eggs into the Europa League basket, and it massively backfired. For whatever reason, um, <laughs> I actually blame Arteta yeah, for finished. the semi-final. Um, the
3: first leg. Like, so yeah, this absolutely.
4: this season we have finished. It looks like we're going to finish fifth, barring a, a Norwich masterclass and Arsenal masterclass. But it looks like we're going to finish fifth. So. Finishing fifth—is that really progress? It, 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 because yeah, I'm not seeing. I I'm not see, I'm not seeing it as progress. And the reason why I'm not seeing it as progress because we're just back to where we started when, we're hi- when we hired Arteta. Yes, okay, Are we, can... though?
2: Are we, Dan? Yes. Let me come back to you on that quick, because otherwise you know, I'll interject later on and, and you would have made a, a different point. The reason why I think it's different now from, say, when we were under Emery is because if you look at the fifth place that we have most likely this season compared to the fifth place under Emery... The wage bill is less. The age of the squad is less. The improvement of the players is going upwards. You know, our traction is going upwards rather than backwards. We're seeing players linked to the club in this, you know, upcoming summer window that should take us again forwards. Fingers crossed that we get those deals done. We've brought in players, you know, who I feel have improved the squad and pushed us in this right direction. We've got a situation where we're beating teams big teams away from home, you know, like Chelsea, Manchester United last season, we're getting closer to beating teams like Liverpool, Manchester City at home, as we showed this season as well. We weren't doing those things when we last finished fifth. And so that's why I think this fifth place shows the progression compared to say the, you know, the fifth place that we finished under Emery would last couple of minutes. What would you say to that?
4: But if you looked at, uh, I agree with you. I, I agree with you to a point. But if you looked at the context of our season, we had fourth place in our hands. We had a four point lead over Spurs. We actually it was ours to give away and we've given it away. So in the context of that, it's it's a failure, and we're just back to where we started. Had but we you finished- did say
2: that you did say that if Partey, Tomiyasu, and Tini were fit, we would have finished fourth. So when I when we talk about context, I would then apply that context in response and say had but- they been fit, we would have got finished fourth.
4: Yeah, had they had they have been fit, we would we, we we would have finished fourth. But the fact that they weren't fit is we can't really take that into consideration because if the why
2: the, <laughs> this because, is what I'm struggling with.
4: Yeah, because if the if Arsenal had brought in recruitments in January, we we could have, you know, even if it was loan signings, we, those injuries mm-hmm. wouldn't have mattered.
2: Do you I, know what I, I mean? But, I, I do disagree that.
4: To... But we always said, though, didn't we, Tom? Back back in January, you see mm. it on social media, you see it everywhere. Arsenal fans say our first eleven is brilliant, but what, yeah. when you when you when you break into that, or when when you disjoint that first eleven, that's when there becomes an issue, and that's why yeah. there was such an emphasis on, oh, we need a bit of reinforcements because we know our record with injuries isn't great isn't great you know we could we could sit here and have a whole different conversation on what why that why we we're one of the clubs with the most injuries throughout any given season mm. but that's why you bring in reinforcements Do you know what I mean that's why you bring in reinforcements because we know we've known all along that our first 11 is brilliant but the moment you start breaking that apart whether it be at the back line or, or in central midfield the moment you start taking key players out of that it just all folds like a deck of cards. So
3: yeah.
4: it was them to bring in re, you know, them their job to bring in reinforcements. If you're going to let all them players go, I'm not too disappointed with the fact that we let some of the 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 deadwood go. But certainly, as much as
2: we did, yeah. You know.
4: Certainly, I would have tried to make it work with a Bamiyang for six months because what's six months? You know, mm. you know, we, we would have been better equipped with a Bamiyang even if it's not a long term even if he wasn't a long term solution you know and and you know you don't agree with you don't agree with his his attitude and stuff you can't let him go and just go you know we'll make do with what we've got because i do feel in some of those games like the the new the brighton uh palace and maybe southampton certainly maybe brighton and southampton we could have Maybe got a draw or even a win out of those games. Had we had someone like an Aubameyang, that would have would have got the goal. Now I know he wasn't scoring, <laughs> yeah. He but wasn't. you you kind of make that work, don't you? It's it's a manager's job to make that work, and it kind of begs the question: if we got Champions League, and I was thinking about this, if we got Champions League, inevitably that's going to come with better players coming to our club. And better players come with bigger egos, and I have a question mark over whether Arteta can deal with those bigger egos because at the moment it's not looking like that he can deal with those bigger egos. He can deal with the young players because they haven't got the bigger egos, but these what does bigger, bigger ego
2: mean what does that mean?
4: Well, obviously these players, you know, like Abamian's got a massive ego because he's a decent, you know, he's a decent player. You know, yeah. certain players are decent, but they have massive egos. I, I question whether he can deal with those egos. Does Granite
2: Xhaka have a big ego?
4: Not necessarily.
2: Oh, I disagree. No. I think no, he's got a huge ego. <laughs> I, don't,
4: I don't think he's got... A, he's, I don't think he's a troublesome player. Oh, so do th- you
2: mean big ego means troublesome? Do you think Yeah, and,
4: in, cool? in, in, you know, good players all have a little bit of well I should be playing every week I should be doing this and yes there's an element of the boss is in charge you've got to respect my decision but I feel like with a bamiing and and I don't look I think when you get that far down the line it was i think it was the right decision to to let him go but I just question if if he knew that we weren't going to get a replacement. What you, this should be a part of you that goes, Do you know what? I'm it's not an ideal situation, but for six months, let's try and make it work. Because we were an Arsenal team with a Bamiyang in it is better than an Arsenal team without a Bamiyang in it. If you're going for that top four, if 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 you got rid of him and you were going, Okay, there's a possibility we could get a replacement in, you know, we spent the whole month chasing a player that was never going to come to us in Dushan Vlahovic, it was clear to see. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like trying to chase after the fittest girl in the nightclub who's never I, going I to come to you. love your girl great. You know, it is though, isn't it? It's like going after the, you know, you try and try and try and she's like, no, no, no. And then in the end, she just goes off with your best mate who's better looking and uh, you know what I mean? So it's just, in this case, Juventus, you know, it's just absolutely insane. You can't... You can't throw your all your eggs into one basket, hoping it pays off.
2: Fair enough, Dan. Look, I think we've had a great discussion, to be honest, on this topic. I, I don't think we'll come to an agreement today on this, <laughs> um, which is fine because that's what football's about, mate. It's about opinions. Yeah. Um, I know you've got your own channel as well, Dan, which I always want to give you the chance to give a shout out to. So uh, go for it. Tell people where they can
4: find you. So yeah, you guys can find me at Daniel Bailey TV. I'm trying to push to to. I'm trying to hit. 3,000 um which is my next big target and I've been I've been stuck at I've been stuck at 2,000 nearly 2,200 for the last eight months so I'm like trying to have one massive push uh to 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 get to hit, hit that target um but yeah I've got some great stuff coming up um certainly for going into next season um I'm just launching a brand new podcast as well Brilliant. um on the channel which is going to be um is going to be a mixture of uh, obviously there's going to be some football discussions but there's also going to be some other I'm going to get some other big sports personalities on that podcast as well um so that's coming up on the channel and then obviously the usual arsenal stuff so <laughs> yeah no, got a massive right, um got a ma- got a massive got big things coming up so yeah please do go over and subscribe um if you can search that on YouTube, or if uh, you can put a link down there for the guys to to, to grab it,
2: absolutely. At chat box, I can see there's already a lot of love coming in for you, Dan, in the chat box this evening. So fantastic to see, and thank you, Dan, for coming on the show. I really appreciate your uh, your time. And uh, yeah. yeah, go subscribe uh, Daniel Bailey TV. Right, make sure you go yeah, over yeah. there and subscribe yeah. and help him on yeah, his if way. You could- if you
4: could drop a link in, that would be great. That'd be-
2: Absolutely, mate. I'll get on that while yeah. our next guest is talking. No problem at all. Cheers. Thanks, guys. No worries, man. Have a good one. I'll speak to you soon. Speak
4: to you soon. Cheers.
2: Massive thank you to Daniel. Really appreciate his time and coming on the channel and having a chat. Uh, really well thought out and, and put together. Points. Let's bring on our next guest. Uh, oh, boy. We've got a good conversation coming now.
6: It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? You You good? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you doing? You've been out in the sun. it look a little bit shiny this oh, morning. I've just finished work, mate. I've just <laughs> finished work. I'm an absolute mess. But there you go. It is what it is.
2: No worries, mate. Good to chat to you, of course. And uh, and yeah, because obviously you were in the chat box last night on the Arsenal Lounge. Desperate to get your question in. So much so we got a super chat. Shaheem was messaging me like, oh, I've got a good question for you coming up now. And I was looking forward to it. Um, tell me... Tell me where your head's at. You asked me yesterday if I'm kind of, you know, if I'm Arteta out at this moment in time. And, you know, I'm assuming you, you heard the answer that I gave you in the in the, uh, in the the show yesterday. Uh, my head's basically at, look, I think we're in shorts, and then we'll go into a discussion. You know, I think we've progressed forwards into a position where I think we can go forwards again. But, you know, next season, if we don't qualify for the Champions League, you know, there's no defence of of keeping him, in my view. So tell me where your head's kind of at and why you would, you know, get rid of him right now. Okay,
6: uh, so yeah, I, that's basically why I wanted to come on talk to you, actually, because mm. respectfully, I, I didn't like your answer because you said Arsenal in, yeah, and kind of like what what does that mean? We're all Arsenal, we're all Arsenal fans, we all want Arsenal to do well, and the reason why I think a lot of the time the the question about the manager gets avoided, it it kind of baffles me a little because. A lot of what happens at Arsenal, for me, has revolved around this manager. You know, we talk about the fact that we've got the young, youngest team in the league. There's a reason for that. You know, mm. that it's to do with the fact that we've got a novice manager. You know, um, Arteta doesn't have the credentials for me to be able to tell um, players that have been it and players with big egos how they should be playing football. Because it's not like... Arteta was a great player or anything like that. It's not like he was a a Zidane anything like that. The only credentials that Arteta has is that he sat next to Pep Guardiola. Hmm. But how much he actually did for Pep Guardiola, nobody really knows. So are players going to join Arsenal based off that fact? Probably not. And then you look at the way that he's dealt with players um, at Arsenal with big egos like Aubameyang, like um, and it's not really gone very well, if we're being honest. So if you're looking at, say, for example, you know, OK, we haven't qualified for Champions League. Thematically, if Tottenham lose and we win, we could still sure. do it. So the chances <laughs> are it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I look at it like this. To qualify for Champions League, we'd need to make that next level step in terms of the quality of player that we get in. Mm. Arteta has already shown that he can't have that type of player and that type of ego without falling out with them. So what is going to make a player want to join Arsenal under this Arteta regime? Number two, we talk about progress. Um, he's had nearly three years in the job. He spent 250 million pounds. The majority of that money has gone on the defence. You think of the likes of Tommy Asu, Ben White, uh, even Rob Holding, New Deal. You talk mm-hmm. about um, Pablo Mari, who's has on loan. You've got uh, Gabriel that Mikel Arteta brought in as well. So the majority Ramsdale. of the money, Framsdale, yeah. So the majority of the money that he's spent has gone on the defence. yet yeah, conceded uh, more goals this season than what we did last season. We've lost the same amount of games that we did to what we did last season. I know it's a a young side, with Mm. and you're going to get inconsistencies from them. But the fact that we're talking about improvements and the money that he's spent hasn't really improved the team. If I'm Stan Kroenke, I'm sitting there and thinking, you know, he's not. It's it's a tough one to. Explain really because a lot of players uh, like the likes of Ramsdale, Tommy Yasu, and, and you know, and, and stuff like that. And the fact that they're young and they can eventually become better, uh, is, I suppose, what we're looking at as fans. But for me, if I'm Stan Kroenke, I'm sitting there and thinking, Well, what is it? What has he actually done with the money that we have given him so far? And has he actually improved the position of Arsenal in terms of the stats? The, the, you know, the stats that matter in black and white. And the answer mm-hmm. to that is no. So why would I then give him further 150 million, 200 million to go and spend in the summer to potentially not improve the squad again? So that mm. doesn't line up for me either. And then in terms of his managerial, man, not his, his tactics as well. I mean, he was, for me, he was the reason we lost that game against Tottenham. Um, not, just because of the way that he's set up, but also because of leadership on the sideline. Now, what I mean by that is, um, so for me, I think he should have set that game up with a five at the back. I think he should have matched Antonio Conte up. Fans fought the same as well. You know, we didn't need to win that game. We just needed a draw. Um, so why not invite the pressure, uh, frustrate Tottenham, and then try and hit him on the counter and and and. You know, see where we're at later on in the game. Instead, we decided to open up and played straight into their hands for me. Um, and then secondly, like the Rob Holding situation. Rob, he's uh, an experienced defender for Arsenal and he should know better. And he's played in plenty of games like that before where you know that, you know, you need a little bit of aggression, but not too much aggression. You sent off. But previous to the first booking that he received, he committed two fouls that were arguably bookable offences. Yeah, the one that... they definitely were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. also the one that he, he did receive his first booking for.
2: Yeah.
6: All three yeah. of them fouls happened right in front of Mikel Arteta's technical, direct, uh, area. Uh, yeah. technical area, should I say. Not once did I see him shouting at Rob Holden saying, calm down, chill out, man. You know, you're going to get yourself sent off. So for me, it's like there's a bit of a lack of leadership there, and a lack of know-how from him. But then also you have to question as well. You know, he's given Martin Odegaard the uh, captain's armband. For me, he's not a captain. He's not a leader. Not on the pitch. You know, it's it's all right having a player that leads by example. We had that with Aubameyang. Aubameyang, you know, used to score all the goals for us by example, by scoring the goals that won us the games. Um, but you've got to have that player that is going to get stuck into other players when they're making uh, mistakes. You've got to have that player who reflects what the manager's trying to do as well. And I just don't feel like Martin Odegaard does that. You know, I think if Arsenal, Od- Odegaard plays well, Arsenal play well. But if Odegaard's mm. poor, Arsenal are very poor so, I also look at that as well and think, well, how can a system rely on one player, one player playing well, mm. or it all falls apart? It it, it it doesn't add up to me. And for me, three years in the job, like I say, 250 million pounds spent. I think it's cause I think he's taken Arsenal as far as he po- he possibly can, and okay. I think we need to move on and get a better manager. In my opinion, he's built no, foundation, fair. but we need a, we need better.
2: Fair enough. Um, let, let me come back on some of the points then and we can get into kind of a discussion about um, the let's start. Let's start with the defensive side of things. Do you know how many clean sheets we have this
6: season? Um, I don't, but I know it's more than last season.
2: We have 12. So we have 12 clean sheets this season. Do you know the last season we managed to keep 12 clean sheets? It was 16, uh, 16 17, Um, and if we get one against Everton, it'll mean it'll be the most clean sheets we've kept in the Premier League season since fourteen, fifteen. So when we talk about kind of, you know, improving the defence and the fact we've conceded more goals this season, and you did, you know, in your in your monologue there, you mentioned, you know, you know, we've got this young team and all of that, and maybe that's one of the reasons as to why. But to be honest, I think the clean sheet record reflects better on that defensive record. And that when we do concede... Because, as you say, we've got this young team. When they get that goal conceded, their heads go. Ramsdale certainly goes when he concedes. You know, he's really up for it at the point he's got that clean sheet when he concedes, his head goes. It's something of his game that he needs to improve. But I would disagree with you about Arteta not improving us defensively because I think if you look at the clean sheet record in the Premier League this season, it's the best we've had since, you know, sixteen seventeen. And if we get a clean sheet against Everton, which, you know, I'm not going to bet on happening, but if it does happen, you know, it'll be the most we've kept since since fourteen fifteen. So in that sense, I would disagree on not improving us defensively because I think he has and the signings that we made have and they're still very young and will get better. The other point Hmm. on the the amount of. Did you want to come back on that? I don't want to stop you from coming back on that.
6: Just real quick. We're talking about 16 17, for example. Sure. Wasn't that uh, one of Arsenal Wenger's final years, you know, when I was in the decline? And then also 14 15. Again, I kind of look at it and think, well, it's not. We're not talking about an Arsenal team here that was the pinnacle. Do you know what I mean? We're talking about yeah. an Arsenal team in 14-15 that was just about scraping top four. Um, mm. in a, a league that's not as competitive as it is to me. To compare them to uh, stats or them to seasons, to this season, it kind of defeats it a little bit. I mean, it'd be we're talking about an Arsenal team that, I don't know, we, uh, in Wenger's first, say, 10 years of his 20 year yeah. tenure, then that'll be a bit differently. But I just look at it like, well, okay, we've conceded, uh, we, we've kept the same amount of clean uh, or more clean sheets mm-hmm. uh, last season. But again, that shouldn't be difficult considering we had Hector Bellerin at right back, Kolasinac at left back, um, you know, we had Mustafi in the team. A lot, of, a lot of my big problem with Arsenal fans, more than anything else, is that they build these players up to be mm. something that they're just not yet. Do you know what I mean? Like Ben White, for me, we paid £50 million for him. And he's just, for me, he's not, he's not a good defender. He's not a good defender. Maybe he'll improve in the future. But for me, he's not there yet. But our fan base, in particular, tend to put him on this pedestal before he's even done anything. I, I, I even think the same about Ramsdale as well. ramsdale brilliant this season. And for me, he's our player of the season because when you think about the fact that he came into Arsenal, nobody wanted him. No Arsenal wanted Haram Ramsdale. And for him to come in and uh, perform in the way that he has and save points for the team in the way that he has, mm. is credit to him it's it's difficult to come into a big club like Arsenal as it is anyway, but let alone with having you know knowing that the majority of the fan base doesn't even want you in the first place. So that puts you in pressure there anyway.
2: Does Arteta get credit for that deal?
6: Oh, oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Arteta gets credit for that. Edu gets credit for that deal as well. But again, what I would say is on a pedestal because he's had a good season. Bernd Leno came in to Arsenal and had a very good first season. But he kind of fell off a cliff a little bit. So I'm interested to see how Ramsdale does next season and the season after that. Is it just, a, you know, um, a not a one-season one wonder, but is he just having a great season because he's thinking to himself, God, I'm, I'm playing for Arsenal Football Club, you know what I mean? Like, I'm... I'm I'm never uh, I'm never gonna get this opportunity. I better prove myself and make sure because for me over the last few weeks he's kind of fallen off a little bit, Ramsdale. I think he's yeah, he's, I think so, yeah. he's he's become a little bit rash and a bit he loses his head quite quickly. So it's gonna be interesting to see if he, he goes back to being the Ramsdale that we saw at the beginning of the season, next season, or he continues on with this rashness and Stuff like that, so yeah, he gets credit for that deal, mm. but for me, I don't know, it's a tough one, isn't it? Fun, mate. I
2: think that you know, uh. I think it would be unfair to expect clean sheet levels of, you know, the, the era of the, you know, you know, the start of Arsene Wenger's era. You know, I think Arsene Wenger is credited for sure building, for having a great defence, but he didn't, you know, he didn't build that team, you know, he was handed a lot of that team. He gradually built his own with adding players like Colatore and, and Lauren and, and Sol Campbell, et cetera, and obviously bringing through Ashley Cole. But he was, you know, gifted that first Arsenal back four that, that he came in with. And those eight defenders of the first era, and then the second part of the the successful era of Arsene Wenger, you know, were brilliant. Um, so sure, I want to see Arsenal get into levels where they're keeping as many clean sheets as those teams. But I don't think that's necessarily going to happen after one, you know, summer window where Arteta's done now and built that defence that he wants. And also, when you consider the fact that Tierney's missed so many games this season, Tommy Asu's missed so many games this season, that we've had Cedric or Tavares playing at left back at times. And Tavares was basically brought in on a seven million odd deal to be a backup because we needed a backup in that position and we'd spent so much money elsewhere that they knew that they weren't going to be able to spend much at left back in that summer. So they've gone on on at Tavares and to be honest, it's it's not necessarily worked out. I thought he was good in the first half of the season, second half of the season, not so much. And I think that's probably why you're seeing these links to Aaron Hickey, which again gives me, you know, encouragement because they've identified a player as not being good enough and they look like they're going to go and get someone that's going to replace him. I wanted to tackle the the 250 million pound thing. Do you know how much we've spent since the Cronkies got first involved, roughly, with the club? So 2007. So in 2007, when the Cronkies came in, um, mm-hmm. how much do you think we've spent on players
6: since that point? Since that, point? Uh, since 2000. Just an
2: estimate. It's a lot. As a clue,
6: <laughs> it's got to be between six and seven hundred million.
2: It's so it's over a billion we've spent on over players. A Yeah, so we've spent over a billion since two thousand and seven. How many of though of that billion that we've spent, and let's let's say, let's take away the two hundred and fifty that Arteta spent in the last two two summers. So we'll go down to seven hundred and fifty million before Arteta took over. What signings of that seven hundred and fifty million would you say they were good signings? You know, they were good signings that we made. Um...
6: Feel
2: free to list them off.
6: I mean, to be fair, there's not that many, but mm. you could go, you could pick a few. You know, Mesut Ozil at the time, highly rated, uh, sure. coming you know from Real Madrid, just won the World Cup with Germany, I believe as well, uh, instrumental in all of that. A um, great signing. Um, you could even say you know Olivier Giroud as well. I know he come for a, a small fee, but That's he, he you know he did bag a lot of goals as well. Mm. Um, who else is there who else Santi
2: Cazola, I think you, you put in there as well Santi
6: Casola,
2: <laughs> yeah yeah um. Eduardo but I mean it worked at the start but it didn't necessarily finish well but he looked really good when he first came in of course um, but the point I'm making is that Of that's you know, 750 million, and we're struggling. You know, we're struggling to kind of come up with names that we would say are really, you know, good signings. We've made good things. And so that means from the point of 2007 all the way until Arteta first took the job, we've had a pretty bad recruitment policy, a pretty bad squad-building policy. And so when Arteta's come into this team, he's got a squad that's been poorly structured for the past 10-plus years. And the reason why I give Arteta my backing is because he's been the first coach in combination with the people behind the scenes that have started to recognise the problem areas of the team that needed addressing. You know, when he came in, we we desperately needed a midfielder. We've needed a good midfielder since Patrick Vieira left. And I think that's the cliche that gets used all the time. And we went out and got Thomas Partey, who I believe, when we signed him to be a world-class central midfielder when we signed him, His injuries have held him back, and I think we all know that. But I think he showed up until the point he got, ironically, injured again in 2022. The performances he's capable of putting in when he's given that consistent run of games. We needed to improve at centre-back, and we brought in two centre-backs in Gabbro and Ben White. Now, you know, Ben White's had his doubters, and, you know, from the sounds of what you're saying... You're clearly one of them. Um, Ironically, you know, a lot of his defensive stats actually outperform Gabriel this season. And maybe it's kind of just a perception of, of Ben White that sometimes goes against him. Sporting Ramsdale, I think, you know, we both agree on him being the player of the season this year. Tierney, of course, has been given a new contract, and we've renewed him after Unai Emery's era of, of recruiting players. And Tommy Asu has been, in my view, you know, if he'd have been fit for the whole season, you know, there's an argument that had Partey, Tierney, and Tommy Asu been fit for the whole campaign, that maybe we'd be sitting in fourth right now. Who knows? It's hypothetical, but the point is, Brandon, I think you know, we talk about this 250 million pounds that we've been spent. Are we really seeing us progressing as much? And my argument is that. We've spent 750 million, or I'd argue probably about 600 of that 750 million on players that are just not good enough and have just taken this club backwards. And we've regressed from that 600 million pounds worth of spending so that when we've got to this point where we need to sign players to take us in the other direction, which is hopefully forwards, you know, it's going to take way more than 250 million to do it. So even though we look at that money as a huge amount of money in the context of since 2007, it's not actually a lot to try and turn around so many years of mismanagement
6: from a recruitment perspective um, can I, can i ask you another question where where Go where do it. you think the problems lie within arsenal because obviously you're saying that Fenea...
2: oh i've lost you sorry you've you've gone quiet brandon
6: i'm i'm, I'm back again to no, right some back, back, back. It, mate. <laughs> um Yeah, I just wanted to ask you where you think the problems lie for Arsenal. I mean, obviously, you're saying to me at the moment that Arteta's got your backing. um, But for you, he has to finish in the top four next season, which, you know, totally, totally understandable, considering he would have been three years into a job by then. Um, But for me, a lot of people say about the Cronkies, You're a very popular man, Brandon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I agree about the Cronkies as well. Um, But again, I think our majority problem is our fan base. And the reason I say that is because I don't feel like us as fans put enough pressure on the Cronkies to do what we feel Arsenal should be doing. What do you mean by pressure? well, I think the Cronkies have had quite an easy ride, to be fair. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at the fact that uh, a lot of fans hounded Arsene Wenger out of the football club because we was consistently getting top four and not competing for league titles like we expected. Um, was that Arsene Wenger's fault? I don't think so. You know, I, I think that he wasn't given the backing that he needed. I do also think that, you know, after 20 years into a job, he's, he's, he's clearly on the decline, you know, because after being in a job for 20 years, you're never going to be uh, the same as what you was when you very first, you know, started, younger then and all of that lot, right? So for me, the Cronkies are a major problem at Arsenal. And for me, they've had a quite an easy ride because... I personally feel that, even with Arteta, if we was to get Champions League this season, mm. and they haven't, I I believe that we would be back on that roundabout again. I believe that the Cronkies have absolutely no interest in um, Arsenal winning yeah. anytime soon, any major honours and stuff like well, we've that. We've got no
2: evidence, have we?
6: No, we've got no evidence of it, exactly. Mm. So I believe that even if we was to get in Champions League, we've become that club again where we're just happy with finishing in the top four. Now, what I would say is we're sat here, or some fans are sat back in a process that's run by the same people who consistently let us down. If we're being yeah. completely real and honest, as Arsenal fans, Arteta should never have got the Arsenal job.
2: I agree. I will agree with you there. Yeah.
6: And the fact that we're now sitting here saying, well, hoping that, Mm. you know, he could potentially do a miracle and get us back (laughs) competing again, because that's what we all want. Let's be honest. You know, it's all right. It's all right getting Champions League football, but that's not the pinnacle. We, we, as Arsenal fans, we want to win league titles and major honours again. So we're pinning our hopes on a manager that has no credentials to say that he can do that. The only thing that he uh, can say is that he sat next to one of the greatest managers in world football. So for me, they've gotten away with that one massively and they've just given him a new contract as well based off the fact that he finished in the top six and got us back into europe is that acceptable for arsenal football club considering 18 years ago we smashed down a stadium to become the best and then since then we've done nothing that's where my problem comes look, i think with it, i think it's
2: football. i think you're fair brandon to say that we've not you know we've not put enough pressure on the owners i think it's fair because you know you know in terms of when you look across the continent you look at other clubs you look at Barcelona, for instance, which is different because obviously it, there's more fan involvement. You know, it's elections and stuff, and it's very different. But obviously, they put a lot of pressure on on ownership and stuff like that. It is different um, from a you know from a logistical one, from a, a business standpoint, especially in England. I'm trying to think of an example of a top team in England where things have not gone well that the fans have put enough pressure on the owners, and then they've changed. I'm struggling. If I'm honest, to think of an example in England where that's happened. So, therefore, I don't know about the evidence of whether it's feasible. You know, the Super League, I think, is a bit of an anomaly on its own because, you know, it was so widespread in terms of so many clubs and so many fans and different clubs being so anti it and and demonstrating. But I'm struggling to see and find an example of a club in England that has seen pressure
6: applied to it and that's in change. This is the thing for me, though, Tom. You know, we we've we've demonstrated, whether it was worldwide or not, we've demonstrated as a fan base that we can protest, we can uh, voice what we feel. Why would it change anything, though,
2: Brandon? Why would it? Why would they care? Why would they care? Because they don't. From your perspective, Stan Kroenke does not give a you know what <laughs> he does not yeah, care no. as long as Arsenal are making money he doesn't care Josh Cronkey I'm more open minded about Josh you know I'm I've got a more of an open mind to him but as far as I'm concerned Stan Cronkey doesn't care as long as you know Arsenal are making money so yeah. what what is protesting what is not going and spending your money at
6: the club going to do to change anything this is the thing no Nobody really knows, I suppose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a lot of us are, uh, are sitting here and based off the history and the evidence, Stan Kroenke doesn't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and Josh Kroenke doesn't care either. But have they had an easy ride? I would say that they have. You know, I, I think that, you know, when this whole Super League thing happened and yeah, it was worldwide and, you know, it wasn't just Arsenal either but we demonstrated as fans that if we kick up enough of a fuss we can change their minds with certain things so like for, for me for example for an example the moment that we heard that Mikel Arteta was getting the job rather than sitting there and just hoping and praying and backing it mm. as fans we should have been going nah this ain't on this ain't on we, we've got a protest against this. We want a proper manager. We're Arsenal Football Club. We're the third biggest club in England, one of mm. the biggest clubs in the world. We don't need a novice manager. We, you know, if if Arteta had gone elsewhere and he'd, he'd he'd say I don't know, gone to another club and he'd done well at another club and worked his way up from there, then you could say, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, the majority of fans that I spoke with as well. They didn't want Patrick Vieira for the same reason. You know, mm. okay, yeah, don't do yeah. managerial jobs. But mm. you know, they didn't they didn't think he yeah, was no, gonna be good enough. So mind, for yeah. me, I feel like as a fan base, we should have been protesting then. The moment that we heard Mikel Arteta was in the running for the Arsenal job, we should have gone, hang on a minute, this ain't right. Arsenal Football Club, one of the biggest in, in, in the world, and they're looking at a novice manager, um, after having arguably our greatest manager in our history, you know, for twenty twenty years straight. Um this ain't right. And we should have been protesting as fans then to get... Can I ask like quickly? A lot, of, a lot of fans wanted Allegri at that time. Yeah, they did. Do you did. know what I
2: mean? So, Can I ask quickly? We, so this this scenario happens, right? So, you know, Arteta's appointed because um, it was all very quick. You know, it happened within the space of, I think, a few days that the news came out. They were meeting with him and then he was appointed. Fans protest, right? We, I think he took right. over when we were in 11th place in the league um, at that point. We protest because we didn't want Arteta. Nothing happens because, you know, as we know, um the, the, the owners don't really listen to protests. And if it's going to be the first protest, uh, it's not going to, you know, that you would be very fortunate if anything changes after one protest during a managerial change. I think we can be realistic about that. So we protest, do the first one to kind of, you know, stake our claim. Arteta goes on to win an FA Cup in six months. The owners are going to look at that protest and go, well, they got that wrong, you know. He's gone on to win an FA Cup, and we've kept it. So, do you do you understand why would that why would that protest have changed anything?
6: Yeah, I see what you're saying. I do yeah. see what you're saying, but again, you know, as fans, we've seen Arsenal win FA Cups before, and it's mm. done nothing for us. Do you know? And that's this is another example again. Mikel Arteta won the FA Cup. Congratulations to him. You know, it's great to get his his uh, first um, domestic trophy, you know, in, in his first, not even full season. And it's it's great. It's a great start for him. But previous to that, Arsenal had won the FA Cup three years out of four. So we'd already had that team that had the know-how or the majority of that mm. anyway. And, you know, we, we, we'd we seen that under Arsene Wenger and we thought, oh, yeah, here we go. You know, we've won an FA Cup now. Let's progress further and we're going to do it next season. We're going to to make that step further. And we never did. Mm. And we see that example again this time around with Arteta. You know, he won the FA Cup. He had to make a lot of changes to the squad, which is fair enough. But once again, you know, Arsenal never, ever go, do you know what? We've we've had a taste of a trophy. We want more of that. So Mm. let's go and spend, you know, it's like Arteta spent 250 million pounds. But when you look at it in the cold light of day, he's he's brought these young players and he's done it because it's by, de- it's by design. It's, it's absolutely by design. By design. Yeah. yeah he, could, he could have gone and spent that £250 million pound on, you know, players that have who? sort of been there, done that. I mean, we say who. Yeah. And that's a good question. A very good mm. question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like that things could have been done differently. I, I'm not saying that I don't like what Arteta has done. It's not that. It's it's because I think he's actually built a, a good foundation for another manager to come in and, you know, build on top of that and, and get us to progress further. But for me, I just think that the football club itself has gotten away with a lot from the fans. Do you know what I mean? The fans, they lap up everything that the football club does for me, you know what I mean? Like any any bit of PR, you know, we could, we could go on a three-game losing uh, streak.
0: Oh, we've got when, the kit
6: coming game, out
2: this week. That's going to be fun. one Yeah,
6: <laughs> won one game against Chelsea and then all of a sudden there's people in the club shop buying the kits again. And it's like, it doesn't make no sense to me. I know we've been, we've been starved of, uh, of success mm. for a long time and we're hopeful as a fan base, but at the same time, we've got to be realistic. If you're Stan Kroenke out, and you know that Stan Kroenke is not the man to take us back to to being competitive again, mm. then what makes you think that any manager that he brings in is going to take
2: does us? He, in? Does he bring them in? That's the question. I, does I'll he, does he yes bring them in?
6: I've me.
2: got one more question for you, Brandon, because I've got my next uh, caller coming on. I just want to ask you, kind of. Uh, next season, you know, say in the summer window, we have a successful summer window. Um, we sign players, despite the fact that we're not in the champions uh, in the Champions League, and we go that next step forwards. You know, we go from fifth to let's say fourth, or we win the Europa League or whatever, we qualify for the Champions League. What? How would your mindset? Would it be any different at all, or does it need to be a case where you you need to see us, you know, challenge for a title before it starts to change?
6: I don't know, Tom, because my, my mindset is very much that, that it's not that I'm uh, upset so much with the manager. It's that I'm upset with the football club because 18 years ago they knocked down a stadium and told me that we were going to compete with the best. And we haven't done it since. And for me, employing a, a novice manager like Arteta is making the fans wait even longer because Arteta's... He, he was never going to come in and be this great manager straight away. He's always going to have to learn. He's always going to have to
4: progress in his managerial career as well. So, for me,
6: it's like the club are, are, are basically saying, oh, yeah, uh, you know, we, we heard we heard um, Josh Conkey say, be excited. We remember that. And f- three or four years later, we're still not excited. You know, it's it's a constant game of making the the, the fans wait, making the fans be patient.
2: (laughs) Very popular he is today, Brandon.
6: (laughs) Dear. Um, So, for me, I've always thought, well, you know, why can't we just compete? You Mm. know what I mean? Just get your checkbook out, Stan Gronky. Go and buy the correct players, you know so that we can compete. Go and get us a proper manager and let's be the football club that we should be. So, you know, I'd be very surprised if we get fourth next season anyway. I think if we're going to have any hope of getting Champions League football next season, we're going to have to win the Europa League because for me, Man United will come back and they'll be better. Um, Not saying that Ten Hag's going to be the answer straight away, but we know that Manchester United will throw a lot of money at it. Uh, Man City and Liverpool are just miles better than everybody else. I believe Chelsea will come back and spend a lot of money even under their new owners uh, because they'll want to come in and, you know, keep the fans happy. Um, I believe that, you know, Tottenham under Conte, he'll get a lot of money as well in the summer if they want to keep
4: him. Um, Leicester will come back (laughs) (laughs)
6: Yeah, Leicester <laughs> Lester <laughs> <laughs> will be back stronger next season, I think, as well. Aston Villa, you know, Stephen Gerrard will start to build a bit of uh, something there. You've got Newcastle with their oil money. There's mm. so many teams that are going to start to catch us a little bit that if we tend to do what Arsenal tend to do and we stand still or we don't buy the correct players in in the in the summer transfer window, we could end up going back to eighth place again. So for me, it, it's kind of it's going to be a massive, massive summer for Arsenal. Massive mm. summer for Arsenal. Um, but I, I, I think Arteta shouldn't be here anyway. I think he should have. I think he should have been sacked after Villarreal. Um, mm. But no, I, I, you know, I said the same thing. He's here. He's 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 had a new contract. They're trusting in him for a further three years um it's just going to be interesting to see whether that follows suit with the fans or whether fans you know like yourself start to turn to the dark side like like where i am
2: <laughs> <laughs> brandon thank you for coming on mate um i appreciate your front to come on the channel because i know obviously you know we don't share the same point of view but i think you've explained your points you know um very well so i really
6: appreciate your time fella no worries mate thank you for having me on
2: no problem at all my pleasure i'll speak to you soon have a good
6: one Cheers, buddy. Thank you. No worries, fella.
2: Massive thank you to Brandon for coming on the channel. Um, as I say, if you've got a different point of view, it takes front to come on and have a chat. So, fair play to him. Make sure you're giving him some love in the chat box. Uh, let's bring in our next uh, guest of today's phone. in. Let's bring in Luke. Uh, Luke, how are we doing, mate? Are we good? Are we well? Oh, you're, you're so small compared to me. <laughs> What's going on <Yeah>. there? I'm in the Uh So, I've had to put
0: the phone on my windowsill. Because I haven't got a chair in
2: here. <laughs> oh, no worries, mate. That's fine. I yeah. can still hear you at the same level, despite me being much bigger. <laughs> but go for it. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, no, so um, obviously I've not been able to watch... Uh, this is on YouTube, isn't it? At the...
2: Yeah, yeah. Live yeah. on YouTube, Luke.
0: <laughs> Live on YouTube, yes. I've not been able to watch what everyone else has been saying so far. But I've caught what um, the last guy was saying. And I suppose from my point of view, um, I wasn't really happy with the appointment when he, when, he, when he first got the job. So I'm aware that yeah. every bad result, am I looking for reasons because I, I didn't want him in the first place? But when I look at the reasons why Emery left, well, the got sacked, Emery mm-hmm. was only given one season. And I think most people would agree that he had a big job to do following Wenger. You know, he had, so if, you, if people talk talking about like, the process, you know, we, we, I hear this trust the process stuff. Well, if Emery was, was given one season, I know the yeah, football wasn't great. He finished fifth. He, he he left. They sacked him. Fair enough. So I thought, okay, good, because we shouldn't, as far as I'm concerned, we shouldn't expect you know accept fifth. We should think you know fourth is a bare minimum, plus the ob trophy here and there, and hopefully winning a title now and then. Now, we we're Arsenal Football Club. We've never dominated. We've never won, you know, lots of league titles in a row. We win, we always won the odd one here and there. So Arteta comes in, he finishes eighth, eighth, and now most likely fifth. And then he, but he gets a new contract. And so what I don't understand from the football club is that that reasoning, and I never hear from we never. I know some people say, well, just concrete does these kind of. Uh, Question and answer things at the AGM and stuff, but for for most fans, we don't hear from uh, the Cronkies. I don't know what their objective. Obviously, their objectives were top six because they've obviously just given in the contract before the before the season ended. And um, my concern is, we've now got Newcastle coming up, hmm. and they could be challenging. They could be challenging next season. Yeah. And with them beating us on Monday, a lot of people were saying, weren't they, that they had nothing to play for. They did have something to play for because by beating us, bring, they've now brought us into their sort of orbit of teams that they're going to be competing with next season. Because now that we're not in the, in the Champions League, we're now not about to potentially get the players we wanted. Sure. So we're now competing with Man United and now Newcastle for those next level of players. And that is, my concern is with Arteta as well. Look, he's finished eighth twice, and that was when we were playing in Europe. We had no European football this year, Mm. still not finished in the top four. And then I see on Twitter, and I know maybe Twitter's not the best Dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, people are comparing, the the Sal, you know, Klopp wasn't successful straight away, but... I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Klopp, in his, at least his second season, he was back in the top four. Yeah. And then the next year, was he, got them to a lot of Champions League final. They quite quickly were challenging. hmm And in, the, in that same time, where are we? You know, mm-hmm. we're, and the players as well, and the last two performances were so bad as well. And I know people will say, well, they're young and all this sort of stuff, but... Under Wenger, I saw a good tweet actually today and someone put on, I think they said, in in the 2008-2009 season, we had an average age of around about 22. And in that season, we got to the Champions League semi-final, didn't we? And we was in the top four. Wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And we was in the top four. Those Wenger teams, apart from the off-season, they were quite comfortably always qualifying for top four.
2: I think the Premier League was a lot less competitive back then. To be fair, yeah,
0: yeah, Man City were, were, yeah, Man City were the team they were for sure. Uh, and um, yeah, I think if you look at points points tally, you know, I know people can say, well, there's no point comparing one season to the next I mean, in terms of points tallies, because mm. but normally, yeah, you're looking at what. Well, 68 70 points that's that's normally good enough for top four isn't it and um, usually about that yeah yeah so and we're not far that we're not far off that uh this season and and I know the last season how many points did we get it was like 60
2: 61 I think
0: one points okay so you can say well there's been progress because we've We've been in the we've been in the race for the top four. We weren't last year, weren't we at all? But my 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 problem my issue with Arteta is that you know I know he's going to be staying, and that's yeah you know, that's what the club decided to do. Mm-hmm. But we've missed out on so many managers in the past, and and we've we've kept we kept fake with Fenger for far too long. And, and we Who are we out missing on out
2: on, on now? Look, who who are we missing out on by getting rid of him now?
0: Well, right now yeah, right now, it you know, for me, I would say the the only person I'd look, you know, would would I'd like to see maybe someone like Grand Grand Potter be given a chance. Right, I know he's um, not managed to a club, but he's got managerial experience. You look at what he's, he's always done well with every club he's at. Yeah, and. I just think because he's got more experience and he knows how to put a team together, I I think Arteta, and and the the thing that that actually worries me about Arteta is that he seems to fall out with lots of players. I know people have said, well, he's getting, you know, there's apparently there, we're getting rid of these toxic players, but I don't know, you you don't know whether they're toxic or not, we're not there. Mm. We're just going on what people are saying and... He's fell out with a bad man, uh, Gunduzi, Torreira. Now, could we have not done with Gunduzi and Torreira these last few months?
2: I mean, yeah, arguably we, we could have done, but what I would say is is that with Torreira with Ter- in particular, you know, Torreira had checked out at Arsenal by the time that he left. Um, obviously, the situation with his his mother, I think it was, had passed away in the summer um, and th- there wasn't necessarily a starting place for him in the team. Um, Gunduzi, Gendouzi was wrong place, wrong time. Uh, there's no doubt that Gendouzi is a talented player and he has lots of potential. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think that at this point of his career, it worked to Arsenal. Um, I mean, he went to Hertha to Berlin on loan. Didn't work out there either. Um, you know, the, I think the manager described him as someone that needs to reach puberty. <laughs> he's gone to Marseille this season and he's done very, very well. Um, and it's clearly yeah. an environment that suits him. Uh, and I think that's why we've seen a much better Gendouzi. Uh, but yeah, like we could have done with someone playing as well as Gendouzi has this season for Marseille at Arsenal. But there's, there was never going to be a guarantee that that was going to happen. Luke, my my kind of issue with with um, the idea of getting rid of Arteta right now, and I'll go back to some of the the, the points that you made before the the eighth eighth fifth uh, situation. You know, the the first eighth place, obviously. You know, Arteta took over the team in eleventh. Um, uh, the point when we were, you know, the dressing room was in disarray. They'd fallen apart, fallen apart and fallen away from Unai Emery. And, you know, we turned that team around from being 11th to win the FA Cup. Sure, we finished eighth, but we got back into Europe. The following season was a real disappointment. But, it was the season that, you know, was heavily affected by, in my view, the pandemic. It was affected by some of the mistakes of ourselves in the market with players signed like Willian, etc. Um, a player we signed in parté to be this world-class player we lost for pretty much half of the season. Um, and it was a disappointing campaign. Um, In the second half of the season, things picked up a lot. You know, if you track the progress from kind of Boxing Day of last season through to now, you know, we've only been on the up during that time, and we've only progressed forwards during that time. So I think that it's unfair to say 8th, 8th, 5th is not a good enough kind of... Example of showing progress because I think what we've tried to do is overhaul the club at such a large extent that things were probably always going to go backwards before they started to go forwards. You know, you're not going to see a new manager come in if you're going to go through this project of trying to overhaul the entire team and see it improve initially. And the example that you may not have heard me use with Brandon was that I asked him, how much do you think we've spent since the Cronkies were first involved with the club? So I'll ask you the same question. In 2007, when Cronkie took over, or not took over, but was first involved with the club, how much since that point do you think we've spent on players in pounds? Give me a rough estimate of what you think it is. Um, they
0: have sp- they've had some big transfers, haven't
2: they? Uh, in- yeah. Say again, it's 500 million, 500 uh, million, double that and add some more. Um, that's we've spent over a billion, um, on players since 2007, um, wow. which is mental, you know, only. Chelsea, Man United, Man City, uh, I think. Maybe Liverpool have outspent us during that period of time. Not many teams. Now, if I said to you that obviously the £250 million pounds we've spent since Arteta took the reins, um, let's discredit that. Let's just leave that on the side a second and say that £750 million-ish had been spent before Arteta took over. How many of that £750 million would you say, and if you can name them, were good signings? Of that seven hundred and fifty million since I know it's a tricky question because a lot of years I'm asking you to remember, but good players yeah. since two thousand and seven. Who would you say were good signings?
0: Since two thousand and seven. I mean, I think Sanchez from he did I mean it was three yeah. and Alex, a half. Years. I
2: can't disagree with you. Alexis Sanchez definitely won.
0: I'd say at least three of his three and a half I think it was was it three and a half years? Yeah, three and a half seasons. Um, so I'd say look, he kind of towards the end he he, he wasn't so good, but I said the majority of his time was good. Yeah.
2: So Alexis Sanchez. Um, I
0: would say he was probably the best. Um. Obviously, we can't. You know, Ozil was turned out not to be. I was actually really excited when we signed Ozil. Me too. So? That that wasn't one. Um. And then. I mean, I think Giroud was a decent. You know. Yeah. 12 was for most goodbye. of his time. You know, I think could he would have done a better job, wouldn't he, for us this season than? <laughs> yeah, than probably would
2: have done, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Santy I think, is another one that you probably point out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame he can um, carry on. So, yeah, there's not there's been a lot of. Um, seems like we've we've kind of almost signed a lot of squad players. Yeah, it seems like we've signed
2: a lot of players that have not been good enough, would you agree? Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. and even like last summer, we signed... Now, I think we needed to get a left-back because of of how Tierney is, and I think actually, I actually think we need to think about getting a first-choice left-back now. Because mm-hmm. we can't, um, you know, I love Tierney, I love the party as well, but I think we've got to be ruthless now and say so, you know, these oh. guys will be great if when they're fit. But we need we need to think about getting top top players in. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, Lokonga was brought, and I see. You know, I think what confuses me about some of the signings is, and, and you know, Turkish says this on on AfTV.
2: Mm.
0: Lokonga, why are we buying him? You know what if he doesn't trust him, to be, you know, come
2: in for the odd game or two. I mean, well, he we did at the start of the season, games? to be fair. He came in and had some yeah. really good games against Newcastle and Aston Villa and um, Watford and Leicester away from home, Newcastle at home. You know, had some good games. I think, look, without getting too off on a tangent, Luke, the point that I was making was that of that 750 odd million, you know, we've named uh, a handful of good players yeah. that we we'd say have been good. So you'd say, you know, Alexis Sanchez, Özil, maybe, um, Santi Cazorla, Giroud, uh, Abamyang. I'd argue, you know, probably was, you know, you'd look probably worth the money in in general in terms of what he helped us to go towards as a player and the goals that he scored, very good goal record. But as I say, I can count those players on my hat on one hand, you know, from seven hundred and fifty million pounds worth of what we've spent. And so this is the situation: is that Arteta's come in and spent two hundred and fifty million. Pounds um, on players. Now, I would say of that 250 million pounds, we've made some good signings. You know, I think Thomas Partey, yes, he's had his injuries, but I think Thomas Partey still has improved us in the midfield. Uh, Gabriel and Ben White, I think, have improved us at centre-back. I mean, we've kept more clean sheets this season than we have since 16-17. If we get a clean sheet against Everton, we would have kept more clean sheets than we have done since 2014-15. I think Aaron Ramsdale has been probably my player of the season this year, to be fair. And I think Tommy Asu has been great so far. So, you know, I'd look at that $250 and say that it's better player for pound than the 750 million we've spent prior to that and that's not saying that these players are better than Alexis Sanchez or they're better than a Bamiang. I'm just talking in terms of value for money on the players we've spent that 250 million on that we're going in back in the right direction feel free to come back at me on this but I just feel like that's evidence that you know what Arteta's is doing in the market and with the positions we're seeing you know improve now and start to go on the up and the fact that we're in a top four race this season it shows to me we're moving in the right direction
0: What about though? That I mean, in in uh, on Monday night, apparently we were linked with uh, we've been linked with that uh, Gumares, is it for Newcastle?
2: Bruno gimarash yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. We spent all of all of January yeah. going after Blahovic. Apparently, he was never wanting yeah. to come to us. Yeah, where and yeah, we did need it. We we needed to send centre forward, and I think. I don't, you know, I think, great, go for him if you can. But we also needed a central midfielder because we know long-term that party needs someone better than Zaka. And we, we, it was another one, and this goes back, you know, before Edu came here, and yeah, it's, it's a problem that we've had at the club, I think, for a long time, where we let players, we don't go after them. We let them go to other clubs all the time. And he's another one. And I think he could be a top, top player for them. And perhaps, I think there's, there's certainly other central midfielders we can go for, but it's a shame that we missed out on him because I think if he'd come in for us, you look how good he's been for them, mm. that could have saw us over the line. I, we needed much in January. And I've heard people say as well that in January that they didn't want to go after, they didn't want to waste money. You know, on players, on, on perhaps squad players that it wasn't going to work out. With. But we really didn't need that much in January. And I think it could have sourced of overlying. You know, We're going to miss out on top four you know, if we beat Everton mm. and you know, them lot uh, do what we think they're going to do. We're, we're going to miss out top four by two points. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's one, one of those defeats that we've had since January. Mm. And we've had, I think, uh, I think six defeats. If you... Once the yeah, window closed, so. I'm talking about. I think we've had six defeats,
2: mm.
0: you know. And I just think that we had the chance. And in January, there was never a better time for us to go after. If we missed out on Vlarkfish, fair enough. Go after someone else like uh, Darwin Nunes at Benfica. Mm
2: it wasn't available in January. You know. Benfica said they weren't selling him. We actually did go after him. We inquired with them uh, with Benfica and they told us to to do one basically. <laughs> I mean-
0: is there not anyone else we could have got on in, in, in loan? Or
2: well, or I, I pointed towards someone... players that I thought we could have got on loan. I mean, I thought we, you know, there are players like Morata or Origi or Toremi at Porto or, you know, Burnley yeah. got a veg I think he would have scored a few more goals had he had come to Arsenal because we would have, you know, had a bit of more aerial threat. So, yeah, look, I think there are players that we could have signed in January. But I don't think that that mistake that we didn't is enough for me to turn around and, you know, disregard everything that's happened before that to say that, no, you know, we should have someone else at the helm because yeah. of, of that error. Because I also think had Partey and Tomiyasu and Tierney been fit for these last 10 games, I think we probably finished fourth. I think we, we we win one extra game um, in mm. that period of time. So, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's fine margins in sport, isn't it? Yeah, we know that. It's mm. And in fact, when you don't make it, you're always going to think back to what we could have done differently if we'd made it we wouldn't be having this conversation so yeah
2: yeah we wouldn't <laughs> it's really
0: annoying <laughs> no so but you know, that but because we didn't make it i think it is fair to say uh, to our teta and do and to whoever else is involved why didn't you do this? Why didn't you get someone
2: mm. in, in January? Yeah, I agree um, that. I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely uh, they, fair to ask them the question.
0: But we don't get that just, as just general fans. We don't get to ask those questions, do we? I don't know what the journalists
2: um, do. Um, I, I see. Arteta said, didn't he? They they asked him after Newcastle. They said, do do you think you did enough? in January I don't want to misquote him so I feel like I want to get the quote up of what he said but he said something like along the lines of you know we did what we could um and we did what we were allowed to do um let me try and find the, the question. Um, but It's on the website somewhere. Yeah, he says, we have done what we can and with what we were allowed to do, what we could do and the resources we had from the start of the season. The team that we were able to build is what we were able to build and it's the team that has taken us all the way here. So from his perspective, from that answer, and tell me if you, you disagreed, Luke, from that answer, it sounds like he's saying that they couldn't do anything extra in January. Now, I find that odd because we went for Vlaovic. It's very well documented that we were, you know, if he if we could have got Vlaovic, if he would have come to Arsenal, we would have got him. We would have accelerated the plans to sign a striker in the summer. And we were trying to accelerate them to bring them forward to January. We weren't able to do it because it was him. But, you know, and the other options supposedly weren't available. But the Bruno Gimaraes thing, I will absolutely join your side on this, Luke, and say why we didn't sign him in midfield because I think we're going to struggle to find a midfielder in the summer that's as good as him to come in. So why we didn't bring him in then, I don't know. But again, I don't think that's enough for me to say, no, let's get another coach in.
0: Well, we're, we're, we know we're going to have him anyway, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, this, what, what would you think next season then? Because I've, I've heard a lot of people say, mm-hmm. Next season, he has to be top four to to stay on. What do you think is is top four? Do you think he has to get top four? Even though we we don't know what players are coming in, we don't know what the other teams are doing.
2: I think that if we don't get top four, he won't get sacked. um, Because I just don't think that's what the club do. Uh, I think he, he should be. You know, if we don't qualify for the Champions League... He should be sacked. Um, we should look to get a different coaching because then we're not progressing anymore. You know, we're not moving forwards. We're not we're not going that one next step. And as soon as you stop progressing, unless there's significant reason that was out of our control as to why we didn't and that, you know, because of his decision-making, his decisions at the transfer market, et cetera, the players that we have, because if we don't get Champions League next season, then yeah, I will, there's no argument. There's no defense that I've got that says you should keep him. What I would say, though, Luke, is that say we do qualify for the Champions League next season, um, either by winning the Europa League or finishing the top four, would that then say convince you to be like, yeah, you know, you know, we do have the right guy in charge for the moment?
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. if, if he gets top four next year, or the Europa League, or does both, hopefully, um, then I mean, if you, yeah, he absolutely deserves to stay on in that scenario. I only go on. On because the club have, have sacked Emory for finishing fifth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's where my logic comes from. I think, you know, this guy stays on and gets a new contract, whereas the other guy yeah. was, wasn't even given two seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what... Now, that's,
2: you know, it's, I think it's fair to have that perspective. I just think that once you apply the context of the differences between those two fifth places, I think there's, I think there is a difference between them. The number on the tin is the same, but I think the contents, you know, and the context is different in the sense that at that point when we finished fifth, I think we were going backwards. And I think the start of the following season, you know, highlighted that by yeah. the fact that we were 11 before we got a new, new coach in. Whereas the fifth place that we got this season, you know, I think is a signal of us going upward rather than downward. Does, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm at, yeah, I, it's, the thing that does worry me, though, as well, is... Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember too many times when we've, gone, when we've conceded and mm. we've not lost. When we conceded... No, there's,
2: there's one game we turned around, also, uh, which was Wolves.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm.
0: And every, it seems like we go behind and we can't come back from that. And if you want to be a big team, you know... As, as Graham Sooness says, you you need to have a bit more about you than that. And yeah. And the way that they as all well of this team is that they follow up one bad performance by an even worse one. And mm-hmm. that is a real very concern. And I think as well on on Monday, if you remember last year when Man United lost to Villarreal in the Europa League final,
2: mm.
0: and it was a really bad you know, it was a poor performance. Really bad defeat for them. Last night, you know, uh, on Monday night, I don't know. I, I just think that that's going to take a lot to come uh, to, to come back from that sort of thing. And, and if we're in a similar situation next season, are we going to? How are we going to deal with it? Because we didn't deal with it well. You know, we didn't. You know, look at how we acted on. on
2: Why like didn't first... we? Do you think? I'm curious to know why you think we haven't dealt with those situations very well.
0: I've, I've no idea why they, because to me, like surely when you lose a game, especially when you lose to Tottenham, surely you're absolutely livid. You know, you should. You know, I think you should be. You should be out there, and there should be a uh, a response to that. But there doesn't seem to be with this team. They don't seem to respond. They. they they lose one game, then they lose another. And I don't know if it's, if it's is it a confidence thing. Are they just, you know, you get that in... You know, I'm a big sports fan. I watch other different other sports. You tend to get that more in individual sports where you lose one game and then it's, you can quickly lose lose others. In a team sport, is there not anyone that can get them up, get them going? I mean, Odegaard's our captain at the moment. Mm. What's he been doing? You know, he's, mm. I just don't. You know, there's other players in in there. You've had, you know, Shaka came out with his comments and you know so on. But surely there's people in there that've got something about them. They've got to this level. They're professional footballers. All you know, they they've been they've probably been the best kid in their school. You know, the best kid in their
2: <laughs> yeah in their group.
0: Having, they, why haven't they what's wrong with them? <laughs> it's, look, it's interesting, isn't it? Because my, I
2: mean you, you look at the uh the Southampton game where we lost one nil and then we go and beat Chelsea in the next game, you know, we lose five yeah. 0 to Man City and we beat Norwich in the next game, we lose to uh what was it? Uh was it Everton or Man United we lost to first? Which way round um was was it? it,
0: was man was it, yeah. it like, whatever it way round United, it was, and then you know? we
2: Yeah, we lost to Everton, didn't we? Uh, Let me find it, yeah. And then we beat Southampton 3-0. And then we beat West Ham 2-0. We beat Leeds 4-1 and Norwich 5-0 and Wolves 2-1. And then we we lost to City. um, And it's just like, I can't get my head around um, how we, you're right, have these streaks and why we can't respond quick enough. And maybe the reason is because it's a young team you know, maybe it's because, you know, we've got this really young squad and when their confidence gets hit, you know, it takes quite a long time for them to respond. And maybe that's going to be addressed in in the summer. If we go out and buy more 22-year-olds, then that problem will probably persist into next season. But if we go out and we sign some, say, mid-20s, I'd argue that, you know, if there's a player on the market like Gundogan available, you know, you should go and get someone like that to add that you know, top class and experience and that kind of brilliant talent into the team, despite the fact he's 32, you know, I think he'd be a great addition for the team. So, and I think there's an argument that maybe we should look to sign a centre-back of, of real experience as well. Like, you know, how Chelsea have benefited from signing Thiago Silva. You see someone like that moving and, and the impact that they've had. So I think that the reason why we don't bounce back is attributed to the young side that we have. And people will point to Arteta, well, you know, you're the one that built our team that way. And they're right. They are. He is the guy that built our team that way. But it's also a team that did get us, as you said earlier, Luke, possibly to within two points of the top four. And so perhaps by adding that experience and solving that problem of not being able to bounce back quick enough next season, we could get into the top four and comfortably. So hopefully anyway, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, certainly, uh, my you know it's it's but we know in 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 football we we could go out and get three or four really good players, but if if the other teams improve at a greater rate than what we do, we could still not get top four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's nothing is guaranteed in sports. You know, I think people say, well, these young players will get better. Maybe they won't. This maybe this is all they can do. We don't know. You know, hopefully they will get better, you know. And, mm, and well, players well, I mean, well. and, you know, we don't know. Yeah, sports is there's no point trying to predict things uh, two, three years down the line in sports. There's no point at all. Mm. Luke thank
2: you so much for coming on the show I'm running out of time very quickly um, to bring on our next guest as well Uh, I really appreciate your time coming on the channel and having a chat especially because you know we don't share the same viewpoint um, but I appreciate and I think you've raised some good points So I really appreciate your time
0: Thank
2: you Cheers Luke I will speak to you soon I'm sure have a good one
0: You too thanks bye
2: Massive thank you to Luke uh, for coming on the channel. Uh, I think we're going to have time for one more guest to come on. um, Just replying to a message quickly. And then we'll be wrapping up very, very soon. Uh, In fact, let's introduce them now. It's Jay. How are you doing, Jay? How are you doing?
5: Hello, Tom. I'm good. How are you?
2: Very good. Thank you. Very good. It's a nice shirt you've got on there. It's nearly as nice as the picture behind you as well. Um, Thank you. How are you doing? You good?
5: I'm doing good, uh, Tom. I'm doing good. I think I've recovered a little bit from the Newcastle defeat. Mm. It was oh, a I tough. Haven't. It was a tough one to take. It was a tough one to take, but I think I have learned a little bit from it because I think that our players uh, didn't try their best, to be honest mm. with you. And I think Ben White wasn't fit. Did he look fit to you? He didn't look fit think, to me.
2: I don't think anyone. He looked. looked fit, no. <laughs>
5: he, he looked. He looked. He looked physically unfit, didn't he? Mm.
2: Yes, I, I don't think, think Gabriel looked, looked fit. unfit. I think Tommy Asu looked unfit. I think, you know, Saka looked unfit. A lot of them did.
5: I think, in fact, yeah, I think the whole defence looked unfit except Tavares. But Tavares fitted like Danny unfit. So,
2: mm, yeah. Right, talk to me, Jay. Um, you think Arteta should leave. Tell me why.
5: So, Tom, I have two arguments. My first argument is that I think someone else with the same 250 million that you, that, you, that you spoke about, I heard you... Uh, mm. With the last guest. I think with the same 250 million would have gotten in experienced players. Ooh. There would have been more... And, and there would have gotten more uh, immediate results. If you know what I'm saying. Like you look at Antonio Conte, right? I understand he's got Harry Kane. I understand he's got Yvonne Son, right? But he, he comes in and immediately he sets his bases right, you know? He sets his players. He, 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 he gets them to play a certain way that, that he wants, right? And he says, right, you guys, you're, you're doing this. And this is how you're doing it, and there's no two ways about it, you know. There's who some would you have keeps... signed?
2: Who's you said there a second ago? You feel like someone else would have come in and spent the two hundred and fifty million better. So who? Who would? Who would you have brought in that was better? Than I think.
5: I think. I think. Honestly, you might. You might call me delusional, but I think Diego Simeone would have spent it very well.
2: Who would he have brought in?
5: Diego Simeone from Atlético Madrid.
2: Yeah, but, but which players would he have brought in? Is what I mean. Sorry, which, players would, brought, which yes. players would he have brought? Which players would he have
5: brought? I think you would have gone for, for for experienced heads. I think you'd have gone for a more experienced approach rather than a more youth based approach. And I think you'd have gone for players like, uh, uh, for example, Lorente, if you know, from the midfield in the midfield of Atlético Madrid.
2: Marcus Lorente.
5: Marcus Lorente, yes. Uh, yes.
2: From Atlético Madrid. From from.
5: He, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a younger player, but he's very experienced, okay? And I think he would have gone for... I think he would have gone for a lot of his own players, like, if, you know, from from his own players from Atletico Madrid. But I also think he would have gone for, like, uh, other players from other clubs with experience. Like, maybe someone like Morata, for example. I think I don't think Morata would necessarily be a bad signing. Um, I think he would have gone for players like, uh, let's like say, Alexandro at left-back, mm. who's uh, from Juventus. I think he I think honestly that he would have gone for you know like a Thiago Silva type of signing but not Thiago Silva as it is but maybe like a Benucci or someone like that you Okay know, just just, um, just to come in in terms of like I would say what 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 Unai Emery tried with Stefan Litschtyner if you remember Stefan who came in yeah, that was a
2: failure Unai Emery that was, was even there <laughs>
5: No, so so no, so exactly. So I so when uh, whoever brought in Stefan Lischina and uh, David Luiz as well, I feel was an experienced head who was signed who was signed in to uh, you know um, uh, like head the sport in terms of make them um, like you know believe in themselves and you know someone who's been there, done that, seen it all before.
2: Did you, you like Stefan Lischina?
5: No, I didn't. I didn't like Stefan Lischina, but I thought having an experienced player like him is. I mean, not really experienced, but I thought that he just having him in the dressing room is important. I feel like this squad is really, the squad is really youthful. Like that's that's not a bad thing necessarily, but the fact that you only have youth and you barely have any experienced players, like how, as you said, how I think you've very correctly said it in many, multiple of your videos, how many of our players have ever played in the Champions League? Barely any of them. Mm.
2: Did and you like Willian as a signing? Did you like when we signed Willian?
5: So that's a funny question you asked me there, Dom. Because um, I know you're putting me on the spot, and I do think that Willian. Was i do not signing. put you on the
2: spot. I just I'm trying to go off your answers to think of questions.
5: No, so I do think I do think Willian was a good signing. I do think William was a good signing. Clearly, it didn't work out, mm. but I think the, people's opinions on David Luiz are a little too far fetched. Because I think David Luiz was a very bad signing for his first year, but I think later in his career he improved at Arsenal. So I think he was not he was he wasn't he wasn't as bad as he's portrayed to be. And I think Arsenal fans have a really bad habit of, you know, name calling. Yes. And I think we do that with Jaka, and we do that with a few players. Like, you know, we do that with Jaka. We've done that with Lacazette. I feel, you know, like, Lacazette doesn't score goals, but have you seen the amount of assists he gets? Have you seen his link-up play in in the front? I think a lot of his, a lot of a lot of what he brings into the team was also experience, and I think that that was also important. But then I did agree with him replacing Nketiah because obviously Lacazette wasn't working for a few games. So getting in Enketa was not the wrong decision, clearly, because he scored goals. But at the same time, I also think that um, uh, if he brought a few more experienced players, maybe with the 150 million pounds we spent on, you know, inexperienced players, maybe if he got in one or two more experienced heads, like maybe another experienced centre back. And you know what, Tom? I'm really disgusted, disgusted, honestly disgusted with the decision of him selling Gweduzy for whatever 10 or 12 million. Mm. I can't get over that, honestly, Tom. I cannot get over that because even, as you said, he didn't have a good loan spell at Hoffenheim, but he wasn't bad, Personally. was he? I don't think he was a ten million player. I uh,
2: look, I I'd, I agree with you. Look, he's. I mean, if you were saying what is he worth based upon his performances at Marseille this season, you would probably go twenty five million minimum. Um, is his valuation? I think that the issue with Gendouzi was that you know Arteta had this policy. Of basically no nonsense, non-negotiables, and Genduzi didn't follow it, and because he didn't follow it, and he was disrespectful and didn't follow protocol, and had a bust up in the, I think it was the Middle Eastern uh, break mm-hmm. that in they the had. Dubai camp, yeah, in the Dubai, the Dubai camp, camp, yeah, yeah um, and of course the the refusing to apologise after the the uh, Neil Mopage page strangling <laughs> incident, yeah, because of that, and because he didn't re- apologise for his actions, you know, Arteta said no, you know, I'm but, only going to have players Tom, in my but- team that respects to the policies go on
5: i completely agree okay fine okay fine uh, okay i'll put my head, ha, hands up for that one but then what about Obameyang? what about players like ozil i don't think ozil necessarily on his on oh uh, well, when when arteta took over the squad i don't think ozil we could have done with a player like ozil we needed that creativity we could have easily done with a player like ozil not only ozil or not only um obama i think he's had his he's had his um uh, a fair share of fights with a lot of players and i think that um, if you're an experienced manager like let's say you're an antonio conte right And antonio mm. i'm not i'm not saying often should have gone and got antonio conte but what i'm trying to say is that Arteta is a novice and i think that i think that his his inexperience shows when he's dealing with experienced players you know an experienced manager knows how to deal with experienced players today you go in you go okay let's say you go and bring in a blockbuster signing neymar you think you're not going to have bust ups with him in the dressing room of course you are right yeah because Neymar is a superstar signing. You go, you go sign Neymar, Neymar's going to go out clubbing in the night. <laughs> I don't think you can stop him. Can you?
2: I, th- I think the difference is, though, is that Neymar's probably going to get you a ridiculous amount of goals and assists. Like, you mentioned Ozil there. Do you know how many assists Ozil has for Fenerbahce?
5: How many assists he has for Fenerbahce? I do know that he was horrible at Fenerbahce, but I do know that he scored a few goals in the beginning.
2: Because, yeah, he's got um, he's got a few goals. To be fair to him, he's got eight goals in thirty-two games, but he's got yeah, three also, assists uh, in thirty-two games. So but far. also,
5: he didn't play for a long time, right, Tom? Also, he didn't play for about one one and a half years properly, right? Do
2: you, do you know why he's not playing at the moment?
5: No, at the moment I don't know. Obviously, at the moment he's like, he's not playing he's at, 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 at the moment
2: th- because he's been omitted from the squad. Is is why?
5: All right. So I didn't know that. But I understand. Maybe you maybe you can see that you have a problem with Ozil because of. Um, because of this or whatever, but I just think mm. that like he's had his fair share of bust-ups with a lot of players in the squad. It's not normal to be uh, fighting with so many players in your squad. and If you remember the whole the uh, the whole uh, Ozil fight also involved other players, right? Where there was some kind of clan, if you remember. I don't know if yeah, um...
2: they, I, I don't know about it. I, obviously, it's, I, I think it's a, when you look at the players he fell out with, you go the players that he didn't you know care for or want to get on with was Gendouzi. Ozil and Aubameyang, right?
1: Yeah. And yeah.
2: the thing about that was that Gendouzi, um, despite what we've seen from Marseille this season, you know, we didn't see that. We haven't seen the, the Gendouzi we saw at Marseille this season for Arsenal. We may have done, had he been in a better environment. The Ozil that we've seen since he's left, you know, I don't think gets into this Arsenal team at all. And I don't think he's no. getting into the Arsenal team. Yeah, I don't and, think Aubame- and Aubameyang scored four Premier League goals this right. season before he left. I know he's gone on to score a lot of goals, you know, Bad at Barcelona. Barcelona. It's, it's a very different situation for him, but he scored four goals. You know, Eddie Nketiah's got the same amount of goals now that Aubameyang had before he left. So it's, I don't think it's necessarily that's the reason to point to why we've not finished in the, t- or why Arteta should be sacked. Because those three players that we've moved on, you know. I don't necessarily think they were doing it for us at the point. that I think Arteta said it himself in an interview. I think he actually said, you know, if you're scoring 25, 30 goals, you know, fair enough. But he wasn't, you know, he was scoring four goals. Um,
5: No, I agree with you, uh, Tom, but I feel like the the experience of Aubameyang, again, I I keep saying experience because I feel like the squad doesn't have anyone who who takes on us, you know, like, right, I'm the man, you know, We, we, we want Odegaard to be that man. But is he that man, you know? who, who Like, in the Newcastle, who will take the game by the scruff of the neck and be like, right, I'm the man. I'm going. It's my team. It's my Arsenal. I'm going for it. I, I'm going to take this game by the scruff of the neck. I'm going for it. And, you know, gets the motivation of, of all the players. I don't think Aubameyang was a good captain. But I think Aubameyang led by example, for sure. I mean, his goal record, as you've said multiple times, Arsenal was ridiculous. We could have done with a player like him. We've not scored enough. We've not scored more, uh, close to enough goals. Um, since he's left, I mean, I read a stat saying that Bukayo Saka has scored two goals, three or four goals since first of January or something.
2: Yeah, that's, no, the, the amount of goals we've scored has not been good enough. Um, and and, you
5: know, and, and and do you think and do you think that uh, letting go of Aubameyang uh, 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 in in January? If if we did let go of Aubameyang and we, you know, we re- re- tried at least, try to Jay,
2: re- si- re- J, sit down. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're causing our chat books are going mad because you're moving about everywhere. See, it. <laughs> it's just oh man, keep going, keep going though. But yeah, just sit. <laughs> yeah,
5: no, that's I'm sorry, that's uh, that's that's fine. I, I'll do
2: it all the time as well. Yeah, just right, that,
5: that's course. just that I was gonna set a virtual background, but I didn't know how to do that because I'm like, <laughs> I can't sit in one place. I'm like, you know, it's go good,
2: place. it's fine. Yeah, the just...
5: But yeah, no, but I just think that, you know, honestly, Aubameyang, a player like him and his experience, would would have, he would have led by example. And even if he wouldn't, if you see, even on Aubameyang's bad days, he, he looks like he gives a shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And and I could always see him with the fans and, you know, I, I've, I've had the pleasure to see him at the stadium as well. And, you know, I've always seen that, you know, he's always trying his best. He always wants the best. He always wanted the best for the club. His intentions for Arsenal were always the best until the day he left, you know. And I just think that we need players who love Arsenal and who love the club. And it's all good and it's all good and gloomy saying that these young players love Arsenal, but it didn't look like they did it against the game at Newcastle, did it? It didn't look like they took the game on at the scruff of the neck. It didn't look like they wanted it. It looked like Newcastle was the team fighting good Champions League football. You know, mm. no, it looked like they were disagree. the ones who were missing out. They, I feel like Tom, with the position we were at, if you see the league table when we were twenty nine games. You see the league table now. I mean, we call Spurs the bottlers. Have we, I feel like we've bottled it, man. Because we were like oh, ahead of Man United and Tottenham with like three games or four games in hand, you know? And we keep talking about the in games in hand, but I think that that's come back to bite us. And I think that um, the Tottenham game, all right, we didn't have a good game. Uh, you know, it's it's one game, we, we lost. This, this team didn't have the confidence to pick themselves up. After that game, and you know that's what worries me. That's what worries me. You know, as you said, we've been having um, erratic moments. You know, we 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 go. We win two games, we lose three games. We win two games, we lose three games. You know that that's not how uh, the a club that's gunning uh, for the Champions League uh, should be in terms of form. You know. Hmm. So Dude, I um... I just think that that's that's that, and I think that o- Aubameyang, Ozil, Guedes. I don't know. I just think that the guy doesn't have enough experience, and I feel like. A manager of Arsenal Football Club should be able to deal with personalities because you're never you you can it's all good and it's all good and gloomy paying fifty million for Ben White bringing him him in and nurturing him into a 60, 70, 50, 100 hundred million pound player. But the thing is that you know t- today if you want to go and get an experienced you know world class centre back let's say Khalidu Kolibali right from Napoli yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think you could oh. have gone gotten, gotten Khalidu Kalidu Kolibali from Napoli for. For 40-50 million rather than Ben White, and he would have been an experienced defender. He would have been the guy who tells Gabriel when he's on a yellow card listen Gabby, calm down, you know you're on a yellow card, calm down calm the flip down and just take it easy and Mm. you know, know, like someone who someone who's like, you know, a a centre-back partner, like I don't mind having one inexperienced centre-back but I feel like the other one should be experienced or at least should have the experience to be vocal with his centre-back partner you know you could be having a bad day. As you said, Gabriel could have been a, having a rash and bad day. But even though he's having a bad and rash day, if his partner told him, listen, listen, dude, you, like Rob Holding, right? Rob Holding got sent off against Tottenham, right? I think Rob Holding is an experienced player. And that's where my point, I feel like, is I'm contradic- contradicting my own point. But how experienced is Rob Holding? I mean, has he ever played in the Champions League? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right how I'm many ever sure, years no. ago. I think it how, was the how, I
2: think it was his first one of his first seasons <laughs> so it was a long time ago um, yeah but
5: but not consistently you know what i'm saying right like he doesn't have the experience oh, no, in the no, no no
2: of course not of course not
5: he, he doesn't have the experience in, and okay he's a backup so i get that but i feel like um the money wasn't spent badly but i think the money could have been spent differently and could have been spent in a way where the results short term it's all you know it's all the, like Jay, you're saying this after you know, we've bottled top four and, you know, we, we could have gotten top four with this youth, with this young side. But the point is that we've bottled top four with this young side because of not having enough experience, right?
2: Do you think that if Tierney, Tomiasu and Partey were fit in the last 10 games, we would have beaten one of... Spurs, Brighton, Palace—not Palace, sorry. Um, Southampton, 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 and uh, there's one other, Newcastle. Do you think we yes. would have won one of those games if T I think, I think Par- we, Par- we, Par- we
5: might have. I think we might have won one of one of those games, but at the same time, I also think we we might have lost against Chelsea or Manu or you know
1: Adidas
5: why because, because 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 Tom, I just think that uh, Arsenal's results under Arteta are so uh, erratic and you know so like. One day we'll turn up and one day we won't, you know? Mm. So, I feel like I feel like the players… The, the, yes, okay, we had injury problems, I agree with that. But the pro, but the point is that um, if Ben White wasn't fully fit, like, clearly as we could see, mm. if Gabriel wasn't clearly fit, I mean, you've got to go with a makeshift back four. Because you, you've got to go with players who are 100% fit. I always say this, Tom, I feel like a player who isn't 100% fit shouldn't be playing. Because if a player isn't hundred percent fit, his opponent can can feel that he's not hundred percent fit. You know? Yeah, I so hear he, what he, he, he he be take he he take him on. He'll take him on more. Not only will he take him on more, I feel like he'll also um you know try and take advantage of the fact that he's not fully fit. Ben White is clearly not fit, my friend. And I just think that like Arteta's a novice. That's my issue with him. Like obviously the club have given him a new contract, and I applauded them when they gave him a new contract because I feel like Arsenal has been direct has been lacking uh somewhat of a, a you know straight straight line you know like in terms of like we want to do this and having a plan and clearly following it you know but i think there was i hear a, what you mean i think tom there was a there was a clause in his contract that said if you qualify for europe you that tick comes in and you, your contract gets extended that's mm. what i think it was i think Fair it wasn't enough. negotiation i think i think this was all written down and in in in, in red and white ink right if you qualify for europe that was the, that was our goal we, our goal was to qualify no. for europa league right
4: no, so
5: i'm not a, i'm not an idiot to be saying that it could have been written on paper the same thing if you qualify for europa league you get an extension on your contract and i think and i think that's why his contract was extended and, and in a way i think that's a good thing because the club is has a clear direction and they know that you know if, if this is his goal if he achieves it and he gets then he gets a new contract but i feel like we set our standards a little too low at the end of the day tom we're arsenal football club you know
2: yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hate global what you're saying. brand um, stature,
5: like you go, you come to my country in India. You come to my country in India, like I'm I'm studying in UK right now, Brunel University. But you come to you come to my country in India, and you see the fan base over here. You see the fan base in other countries. It's insane. Arsenal is a global mm. brand, you know. That funny that, that the funny video we've seen about the, the, that that fan who, who says Tottenham Hotspur. Have you seen that video? He's like Tottenham Hotspur. Who's Tottenham? You know. Like, uh it, yeah it, i have like there are many people in my country who don't know what who talked about it, but everyone knows who asked is. you know
2: i'm not surprised jay uh, i've got to get on our next guest but thank no, you don't so no worry Tom really,
5: it was really nice talking to you
2: likewise mate have a good one thank i'll speak you. to you soon thank
5: you so much man see ya.
2: have a Bye-bye. good one king how are we doing my friends are we all right
3: yeah i'm good had a long day obviously but i'm finally here so I'm... Top man. No,
2: I'm sorry. It's just so long to get you on, mate. I appreciate uh, your patience. Um, you're going to be our last guest because somehow we've been going for two for two hours on this stream. Okay. You probably see, if you did a compare of me at the start of the stream compared to what yeah. I'm now just a puddle of sweat. This is what I am right <laughs> now. It's so hot here in the UK for a UK. I mean, it's 24 degrees, which for the UK is, is a joke. But uh, um, tell me where your heads at, King. Where are you at on our te- uh, Where are you at on on everything else?
3: I mean, for me, obviously, first of all, I just want to be clear with, with Mikel Arteta, I'm not on one of these bandwagons who, oh, I'm Arteta out or oh, I'm Arteta in. For me, um, I support Arsenal and I always want what's best for Arsenal. I don't have any agenda against any player or any manager uh I just want Arsenal to move forward and become a club that can compete for the biggest titles. And I want to see us win a league title again. And personally, for the time Arteta has been here, for the work that he's done outside the club, so when it comes to the structure, when it comes to the mentality, when it comes to recruitment, I think he's done better than I thought that he would do, if I'm honestly, I'm honest. And I don't have a problem that we spend 250 million I think people forget that we bought six players so if you if you buy uh, six players sorry 150 million it's gonna cost you are not gonna get from that it's either even if you take them on, on a free it's gonna cost you huge on wages then like you can't improve the squad and bring a volume of players and not expect the club to to spend money so I don't have a problem with that my issue with Arteta is that, as a coach, I don't think he's tactically good enough for Arsenal. And I don't know about you, but I don't remember any any kind of top coach who, when you are down, you take out your fullbacks and you bring in attackers. I've never seen Klopp do that. I've never seen Pep do that. I'm not even seen other managers do that. I think you're mute.
2: Yeah, so the Southampton game you're talking about when it yeah, took off Cedric
3: if- and Tavares that was
2: yeah, I, I don't get it. I I agree with you that this is this is a genuine criticism of Arteta that I can completely get on board with because th- from that standpoint like the, the putting Xhaka at left back against Brighton, you know, taking off Cedric and Tavares against Southampton You know, both of those decisions cost us points, and that's where I can really get behind the idea of you know a a genuine criticism of Arteta because it was just naive to do that. You know, it was really naive to to do that. But I wouldn't. But the thing, the thing is, King is that I don't think that's. I don't think those things in isolation are enough for me to turn around and go, no, you know, I'm, you know, I want to get rid of him now because of those individual things. If this was a case of that was happening you know, a a crux point of of next season after, say, we're stagnating and those mistakes are coming up again, then we can have a conversation. Right now, we're right to highlight it, absolutely, you know, and note it, but, you know, next season is where I think if we're doing the same mistake again, that's when I'm going to have a problem.
3: Yeah, Because I feel like he's been here, what, like two and a half years now, and I still feel like he's, if someone, if we concede first, we are Nine out of ten times going to lose, and mm-hmm. I feel like when he sets up the team right and the tactics work, wonderful, uh, we often win the game. But if a team, if the team that we have set up is wrong, in game management, I don't see Arteta when we are struggling where his strength is. I'm I seeing yeah. him turn around games where we're struggling where the opposition has find Like, for example, when we played against Palace and they were playing aggressive against us, they were counter against us, they were pressing us. He doesn't seem to find a way to solve it. And yeah. Not every game, this is the Premier League and every year, teams are going to improve, they're going to buy better players, they're going to get in analysts, video analysts, more data on him. It's going to be harder because if you say that you can only win when it works your way, then for me, that's 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 an issue. And these are the things more that I look at. I don't look at, oh, we just buy young players or he's falling out with this player. Every manager falls out with players. I can give you a list of players that Guardiola's fallen out with, that clubs has fallen out with. Managers have a meaning mentality and they want to show their authority. They're going to fall out with players who's not ready to do what they want them to do. It's, mm. it's part of football, so I'm not going to criticise him for that. My issue is only on what I see on the pitch, what I see when we are struggling, the fact that when we start conceding, we concede a lot. Uh, when we lose, we lose a lot. Uh, these these are the issues that, for me, is like yeah, he's improving a bit but I haven't seen the level of improvement that's convinced me that next year Arteta is going to outshine Conte or he's going to outshine Tuchel because he's going to have to outshine one of the best managers to get us into the Champions
4: League. Mm, I know
3: it's controversial to say that, oh, we should get rid of him now. But I Mm. think that we have a really good squad. And I feel like this is a squad that, if you give it to, let's say, a Roberto Mancini and and you give him money Mm. and he can identify what is missing in terms of technical ability and, and mentality and, and experience. Because mm. I'm not the one who, oh, we just need experienced players. Mm. If you're not good enough, it doesn't matter how much experience you have. You're not going to improve the team. And we want to improve. And we want a coach who overachieve. And Arsenal is a club that if we don't overachieve, we won't get a Champions League spot. Because or we won't win a league title because we're not entitled to that anymore. We don't have world-class players where even if we just achieve or underachieve a bit, we will be a Champions League team. And that's why I think that we need a manager who's on the next level, who can take us to the next level. And we can still look at Arteta doing something, you know. He he brought us an FA Cup. Thank you for that. Uh, He changed the structure of the club. Mm. Thank you for that. Uh, he's brought the fans more united, especially the ones that go into games. I know that we've win- we've lost a few games and everybody's disappointed. But at least when you go to games, you can see that there's a belief now. But maybe this is his level and he needs to go on and find another club and look back at what he did wrong, analyze it and try and improve. And we can do the same. Uh, that's, that's where I am. It's not that oh, he has to go, he's useless. No, I'm not on that. For me, it's just what I've seen from him, I think we can get better.
4: Look,
2: King, I think you've raised, honestly, that's probably the best put, you know, we've had it so far, I think, in, in regards to genuine criticism that I can turn around and go, you're right, you know, these are worries, these are doubts that I have about Arteta. From my perspective, I've seen enough that means that I want to see what happens next season. But if those doubts and those criticisms that are right come into play next season and cost us top four or Champions League qualification again, that's when we need to make a change for me. That's when, you know, Roberto Mancini, if he's available, would be a coach I'd be interested in going. Because I think that, you know, Arteta's been able to change the squad into a position where it doesn't matter what coach we have we know a coach can take on this squad of players and take it forwards i'm interested to see where arteta takes it forwards in regards to next season but if it isn't up and by up i mean champions league qualification minimum you know then we need to think about making a change because then we're not going in the right direction that's you know that's that's where i'm at and i think that that's where i think you're at as well um but i think maybe you'd be a little bit more open maybe to change if say if someone like a roberto mancini was available is that fair
3: yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think yeah. that if, if there's a manager who I feel like is, is better and done more and he's available mm. and open to come to Arsenal, I wouldn't turn it down yeah. because of Arteta's done good stuff. But if it is that, oh, he's going and we're looking at a perimeter circuit or we're looking at someone <laughs> else who's young and inexperienced, then he might as well continue and we we'll see what he does. But what does pains me a, a lot, Tom, is that I really wanted Arsenal to get Champions League to Mm. see what would the owners do and what would Arteta do with that money and that possibility? What kind of players would he bring in and how would he handle Premier League with Champions League? But unfortunately, it doesn't look like we will see that. Well, it's interesting, King,
2: because I actually think the Europa League is more demanding. the champions league the champions league is tougher in regards to the opponents you face but in terms of across a season i think the europa league is going to be more tough on our fixture scheduling on how we deal with it i also think it's going to be interesting to see how we approach the transfer market this summer because we didn't get champions league football so you know that we talk about oh we want to get into champions league and then we're kind of safe we're cool you know we're getting that money from there but you know, let's see if we actually go out and spend big this summer. Let's see if we go out and get some big players, despite not being in it. And then let's see how we deal with what I believe is the most demanding competition to have in addition to your domestic responsibilities. Is it? Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, yeah, fair play, fair play. And also, just just a quick one. Uh, mm. I do feel like that we weaken our the teams that weaken their squad in January. I feel like they are paying for it. So Arsenal, Man United weakened their squad. And we've fallen off a bit. Uh, Liverpool improved their squad. Newcastle improved their squad. Tottenham improved their squad. Everton improved their squad. And you can almost look at every team that improved their squad has benefited from it. And for me, who takes the blame most? Is it the manager not demanding enough from the owners to get reinforcements because... I don't think that any manager doesn't want reinforcement. Or is it Arteta who mm. felt like, no, I'm just going to have a thin squad. Uh, everybody's going to be on the same, uh, you know, kind of mentality. And we mm. just go for it. And maybe it was a bit naive and nobody really questioned why are we not buying players. Mm. Who takes the blame for you most?
2: That's a good question. Um it's a good question because I think that you go to Arteta and you go, why haven't you signed anyone? And he, they, he was asked that after Newcastle and he says, we did what we were allowed to do. You know, that's, that was his answer. It was, it was a strange answer because it was different to what we've heard. He said, um, we have done what we can and with what we were allowed to do, um, which in that case, if that's true, then you start looking upwards and you start looking at the executive level. Why wasn't we allowed to do, why wasn't Arteta allowed to do more in January? Why didn't we go for, you know, even just Artemelo on loan to strengthen the midfield or, you know, a Murata or an Origi or a Turemi to strengthen the attack? You know, why didn't we do that? So I think for me, it's not about pointing a finger at one person. You know, I think that there is a collective issue with the running of Arsenal Football Club that's not ever solved by just changing the coach. So, you know, that, that's kind of where, that's, that's why I have such an issue when we focus so heavily on the managerial problem. It's because I yeah. think there's so many other factors that affect the issues that happen at Arsenal Football Club that ultimately, you know, you can change the tyres on a car, but if the car's broken, it's not going anywhere. So, yeah.
3: yeah. Would you take uh, Michael Edwards leaving Liverpool and replace uh-huh. Edwards? Oh. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. I think I think I probably would. I think he's got a great eye for talent, um, and I think that if Edu is categorically responsible for the reasons why we didn't strengthen in January, then yeah, like I think that is a from a from a director technical director standpoint, not from a manager standpoint, but from a director standpoint, if Edu's the reason why we didn't strengthen in January, then yeah, that is a sackable offence. I don't look at it from Arteta's perspective. I would look at it from the person who's making that decision from that. Man, from that uh, role in the club, you know, that is, is what your focus is on, is is on recruitment and sales. And if you've not recruited and it's cost us, then yeah. the finger does fall to you. But we don't, I don't know if it was him. That's that's the issue is we don't know if it yeah. was him.
3: Yeah. But Tom, thanks for having me on. I know you have a very it. long day, man. Oh, I'm and
2: wrapping it. this up. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't blame you and uh, obviously thanks for everyone that tuned in you know and listened and it was nice to see other faces on the stream that we don't usually see you know uh, it's a great channel sub thanks, to the man. channel join the discord you'll find the best people in there honestly guys it's, it's a wonderful channel
2: thanks King that's really kind of you tell people where they can if they, if you want to of course I don't know if you want to to find you and any other channels you're involved in of course as well
3: Yeah, if I'm not here, you you might find me on a charity channel called uh, s TV. That's it, guys.
2: Lovely stuff. Thank you, King. Really appreciate your time. I'll speak to you soon, I'm sure.
3: Uh, Cheers, Tom. Bye.
2: Have a good one, mate. See you later. Massive thank you to King and a massive thank you to all of my guests for today's call-in show. We've been going for two hours. And 20 minutes oh my days this is a joke how have i done it for this long i am dying uh, i've run out of water i ran out of water about 40 minutes ago oh that's weird uh, <laughs> um and so i'm gonna go off now i hope you can forgive me um to go off um but i'm gonna go please do drop a like on the video thank you to everyone that's watched and tuned in if you've watched the whole two hours and 20 minutes fair play to you that's some commitment um So, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow morning uh, for the 8 a.m. show, of course. Uh, And best of luck to Rangers tonight. Just want to put out there. And a massive congratulations to Nottingham Forest as well yesterday. Really happy to see them get to the playoff final. But big up to to Rangers tonight. Really hope they can bring home a Europa League title. That would be amazing um, for their supporters. It would be what an achievement that would be. So, going to look forward to, to enjoying that a little bit later on this evening. Thank you to everybody in the chat box. Really appreciate the kind comments. Tom does indeed need a shower, Craig. Tom does indeed need a shower. That is going to be happening shortly. Um, So I will catch you in the morning. Have a good day. Enjoy your evening. And as always, and most importantly, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute
0: by fans.